Hello, hello, welcome back to the Gay Racing Podcast, the only the only place on the internet, apparently, where you can hear a bunch of gay people ramble about NASCAR and it doesn't waste your tweet quota. Um we'll talk a, we'll talk about Twitter later. But um we're here, we're still alive, don't worry. I, I didn't think I was gonna make it through the weekend to be honest. But um I made it, I'm here, Alex is also here, of course. Um hello. we enjoyed a great weekend of racing. We're gonna talk about NASCAR at Chicago. But I think someone enjoyed it a little bit more than we did, and that was um, Jackson Todd, who's been on the Gay Racing Podcast before. If you're new here, he's our good friend. He's always kind of on um, after the Kansas races. He goes to Kansas a lot. Um, Jackson, you actually live in the city of Chicago, correct? I do. I am. I, I have a, I'm in Chicago. Yeah. I, I mainly commute with public trans trains. I'm fully in the city, yes. Yeah, you. I mean, I'm not like you filthy liberal. Um, <laughs> but like, but for real, like since this event was announced, like what two years ago or something, um, in turn, like you, you've been the face of the event for me, <laughs> like in my little circle of friends. Yeah. Like you're the guy. You are the guy, right? Um, yeah. for me, like <laughs> I mean, having a NASCAR race, and this is the whole point: a NASCAR race coming to your city. Not just your area. It's right down the street. Or it's mm-hmm. just like you have to take a train. You yeah. know, it's like that's because my closest NASCAR track is like, you know, it's over, it's just a, a bit over an hour away. Right. But that's pretty good compared to some people who oh, have yeah. to drive hours and hours and hours and think about everyone in Chicago that might not have ever seen a NASCAR race before. And now they're it's right outside, you know, down the street. So. Um, let's go ahead and just, like, I guess we're going to talk about NASCAR Chicago. We're also going to talk about IndyCar and Mid-Ohio a little bit later. But, obviously, we have a lot to talk about with this new event. Very controversial, interestingly enough. Um, we'll get into all of that. But, Jackson, you were there. And kind of like I I did with Alex at the Indy 500. I just want to know what your whole weekend was like from... What I get? What did it start Thursday? Did it start Friday? Like I know Bubba had stuff going on, like on the Wednesday or something. Like so, what did your whole week look like with this? Um, what did the city look like since you lived there? Like what did yeah. you see throughout the city? in terms of advertisements, what was going on? So here's the con. I'll provide context on myself because I feel like I need to provide like right. what my perspective is. So I've been to like thirty some NASCAR races, mm. all on ovals. This was my first time seeing NASCAR not on an oval. Turn right. I yep. did the IndyCar race at Coda, so it's not like Ooh. this was my first like road. So I was like, you know, generally familiar, but this was also my first at a street course. Period. I was familiar with NASCAR. I was very familiar with the track. Very familiar with the city. When they announced the icing version in March of 2021, that luckily I was on spring break. I went down. I walked the track that day. <laughs> um, That's so, so cool. I've had. I've had the vision of this race in my mind for over two years. Wow. I kind of knew, I knew what the visuals were going to be, at least, because I've been so into this thing. So I, I kind of knew that. But seeing it, obviously, a whole different thing. Anyway, in terms of, um, it was it was strange because felt, because I'm just in my apartment, right? Like, I'm not, um, normally when I'm going to a race, I'm either going back home to Kansas City or we're going to Indianapolis, or we're going to Austin, yeah. Texas. Like it's like a trip. Right? It's a trip. It's like a vacation right. almost. It's like a little mini vacation. Yeah. You're taking a trip to go to this race. Yeah. So 
I it felt strange to just sit here and like have my scanner backpack here and like have all my stuff. And as I talked about before the weekend, like I, I mean, I, Jeff Gluck put it on his Instagram story today. Like your cost to go to the race, like physically get there, CTA is, day yeah. pass is five dollars. Yeah, and I walk eight minutes to a train station, ride thirty-ish minutes. And get out of the train station, I can see your racetrack. That's quicker and cheaper and than my so commute cool. to Richmond Raceway. Like, wow. So, yeah. So, um, that was, it was really neat. So, I got up Saturday morning, went down there, got there for the gates open, uh, ran around, tried to buy stuff, tried to program my scanner, got to my seat before Xfinity practice, um, was there for all the stuff on Saturday, um, left. I stayed there until they officially called it, and then I left on Saturday. Sunday, dear God, I got there when they were supposed to open the gates at nine to resume the Xfinity race. Hung out there with people outside the gates for like an hour and then they actually let us in. Then I was in there for, for I was under this one tent, six hours with the same oh my God. group of guys. Um, we, I, I mean, it was really interesting to hear. Um, I mean, it was just this one group of guys I was with. Uh, some of them were from Chicago, generally aware of racing. Two of, the, uh, two of them were, like, iRacers that had generally followed oh. um, racing. Uh, oh, wow. A couple F, F1 fans seemed oh? to be, like... We're getting the were F1 demographic? F1 fans. Well, you it would think, right? Because, like, F1, I mean, I feel like the F1 demographic in America is very city-focused because yeah. it just makes sense. I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. I saw a lot of Red Bull... I mean, okay, a lot... Maybe not a lot. More than at Kansas, I saw more yeah. people racing gear than... You know. I would see one or two at, like, Richmond or Iowa last right. year, even. Yeah. So, um, that was... I mean, I could go on forever about right. the days. But I guess that was kind of the general structure. Yeah. Um, you know, a quick idea. But, like, you were hanging out with some strangers. That was cool. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah. This was, I've, this was my first, like, race that I went to, like, completely solo. Like, nice. normally I have, like, some family yeah. there with me. But, um, yeah. So, that was... That was Cool. No experience. Where was um? Yeah. Where was your seat? Like the because I know so, they had some grandstands set up, but like I don't know yes. like exactly where they had them. So I was between ten and eleven, which was right off of the circle, the half circle. Right. So right before Jeff Burton, I was basically right after the banner advertising switched from Xfinity to McDonald's. That's, that's so was. it was but. right after the turn ten Xfinity, basically mm-hmm. kind so of. I was right in front of Jeff Burton. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Got it. I was right. They came off of that like elevated curve. And yeah. Okay. Cool. Nice. Yeah. Um, Alex, yeah. you were gonna say something. Well, I was just gonna say, you've been telling me all about this. I'm glad you wanted it for a long time. Like, like you said, 2021, and even when they did the iRacing version of this, like you were, you wanted this to be real. You were calling for it. You were on our podcast way yeah. back when, saying, "Make this a real thing." than they did like that's how do you feel like now that it's happened like how do you feel i'm i'm proud of nascar i'm proud of chicago like i i mean they ob- it was pretty clear i think from when they did that the iRacing scan is the intention is to see like what's what's the like the vibe is this possible the, yeah, vibe. the they, vibe that was a vibe check that was it quite was literally a vibe, a vibe check, check. <laughs> yeah it, it was, was a vibe check and I, yeah, I don't know. I guess proud is probably the word I would use to describe it. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it was very, 
it, it's crazy because like i was so convinced it could happen and i was so like yeah. it has to happen like i was fighting for it i'm like well of course it happened like you know what i mean but like <laughs> yeah i mean it's just like i echo that i'm very proud of nascar you know nascar we know them they try so much random not random but random stuff all the time whatever it is stages playoffs mm -hmm. tracks right the la clash oh. New road courses, new tracks in general, uh, the North Wilkesboro All-Star Race. I'm going to be honest with you. I think this was their most successful experiment. Because this was an experiment. Let's be honest. It is. Which, I mean, something new. Which, yeah, go ahead. Is on paper, set this up like failure, right? Like yeah. You had more than half of a race canceled. You had a race short by a quarter of its distance you had three of your four concerts canceled oh like yeah this is all worst case scenario but it still feels like relieving it i feel like, like it made success. more of an impact than the la clash for for me as so obviously i didn't I go agree. to any of I mean, these races but i think it just left a huge impact because mm -hmm. the potential for where we go from here and then even like bringing in our winner shane van Gisbergen. That's the first time I said it today, so <laughs> I had to warm it up. I was like, oh, God, <laughs> let me not mess it up. Oh, no. So, but, like, even, like, him winning that race and the race we got in general, it didn't feel like a typical NASCAR road course mm -hmm. race either, right? Like, it just, no. it just felt like such a solid event, even though it wasn't, right? Like, w the race got shortened, like, you know, by 25 laps. Like, it just... That's what that's what my takeaway is, and that's why I echo that I am very proud of NASCAR for pulling that off, yeah. because I and think I'm so I'm I'm actually not like it's not like Bristol Dirt where I'm like that was cool, but I, I they don't need to do it again, you know? Like I want them yeah. to do this every year at Chicago, add another city street course if you want, yeah, because that was good. The racing and everything about Ooh. it was good. Ben Kennedy is Slay of the Week because he <laughs> deserves so much credit for this happening. I don't think without Ben Kennedy's leadership within NASCAR, we would have this or the LA Coliseum or maybe even other things like that are coming in the future. Maybe. Yeah. 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 I, like this leadership is just incredible. And, you know, we have seen other street course races. We'll talk about the race more in a bit from IndyCar, F1, IMSA. Right throughout the years but this was the first one for nascar and it is a huge deal and there was a lot of just distaste and fear-mongering from different individuals in the industry people just in the industry y'all already too. know who it is we don't gotta we don't gotta say his yeah. name no. y'all aren't just no. check oh wait you can't check twitter never mind um <laughs> but, but like just yeah so much disgusting like discussion discourse about this race that was just not yeah. accurate or true but nascar still pushed through and did it despite the rain delay despite the concerts getting delayed they still managed to put on a successful event and we're gonna be watching what happens in the future because steve o'donnell was saying after the race like we can take the cup series anywhere we want the race we put on today would sell and be embraced globally so now we're going to have street races in other cities, probably. I personally feel like they shouldn't be going too crazy because 
They did that with night races. They did it with road courses. Let's enroll. Well, hell, they're they, doing it with night they races. Three right now. at one point. We're having three straight Sunday night races. I'm like, girl, I'm glad I don't got work this summer because Lord have mercy. But, but yeah. you see what I'm saying, yeah. Zach, is we don't want to oversaturate yes, a I, good thing. No, I agree. Um, but, but at the same time, it's just like, this works. Like, this, it, it, it does. works. Um, so hopefully they don't. You're right. Hopefully they don't go too street course crazy on it and add like five of them to the schedule. But obviously that's, you know, right. that's, I mean, think also too. imagine being like a NASCAR official or some kind of NASCAR member that does most of the races. I don't like, you know, they, they travel right. And they're in charge of the event. Think about how much more stressful this event probably was than like Nashville last week. Right. Just in right. all the other parts, security, the logistics having to like kind of be organized with the city of Chicago, follow their policies. That's yeah. why they kind of had to bend the rule book to end the Xfinity race earlier than they wanted to, right? On both both yeah. days, actually. So I just Yeah. I think that's gonna keep it from getting oversaturated because they're not gonna want to do this five times a year. But it is so worth it to have it once, maybe twice. It's so worth it. Just for I don't know yeah. if we have time to get into the positive like effects of it, right? Like, right. And I, I wanted to ask Jackson is like because of all this fear mongering and how awful Chicago supposedly was to these people. Like, what was the reception from actual people who lived in Chicago? It has been so interesting. I'm like I know I'm not the only one in this position, certainly, but it feels like I'm in a very unique position of like. Right. I'm very deep in NASCAR discourse. And, like, I've been in Chicago for, like, three and a half years, almost four years. So, like, I'm not deep in the Chicago discourse, but, like, I'm here, obviously, right? So, like, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm at the crossfire of these two places. So, I'm, like, seeing all the trash coming from, like, both sides and, like, also the positive kind of sides. So, like, if you want the Chicago perspective, like, going into this thing, this got tied up in the mayoral election. And this was, like, used as a thing, like, Lori Lightfoot did without talking to like the aldermen and like these elected officials and like boo Lori Lightfoot. And so yeah. like it got cut up in that, which hurt it in the, I think from the st- like get go, like she was tied up with it. So it's bad. And she didn't talk to enough. That that's why if you saw a lot of negative people of stuff from Chicago, that was a part of it. So being like, Oh, the roads are going to be closed. And also it's a lot easier to write a story being like, look at all the roads are going to be closed. And like, you know, the negative stuff is always, yeah, on a holiday weekend. Wow, that's right. crazy. So, yeah. so then we got closer. So we got, so that was like, I would say that's like, you know, the main, that was like for the last year from the announcement day last summer to like probably the beginning of June. So then we get into June and we actually start getting through building the course. And I think people realize, oh, the roads aren't as closed. You know, it's not actually that. It's only that. like a few blocks, right? It's only a few blocks. Now, granted, Lakeshore Drive is the main road okay. for the city. It goes right along the lake. Like, yeah. That's a I big commuter. So. so that's part of it. That was definitely a bother to people. But, like, I don't have a car. Come I was on. not yeah. impacted at all. I get around using mass transit, and I was not impacted at all. So people are definitely bothered by it being closed. Now, like, moving into the event itself, um, the Chicago subreddit today is, like, praising Lori Lightfoot. Because they watched that coverage on Sunday and they saw that on NBC for like six hours, there was an ad for Chicago, right? right? And I think they did not realize that until it happened. 
I could see that coming, obviously. What I saw are these two things. Chicago, NASCAR. Two two entities that have a very clear... um, they're per- what they look like to the other identities, audience, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Perceived. Uh, yeah. Perceived yeah. identities. That's a good. Yeah. yeah. Of, of what they look like to the other yeah, one's or stereotype main group. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's the stereotype of them to the other one's audience is very like right. clear. Right. Yes. And so both had very clear benefits for this to work. And I think everyone finally come race day, come race weekend understood that so we had to get there right. and i think everyone will look back and realize oh the roads weren't closed for that long and i don't know brandon johnson uh, said he was going to be there the new mayor i don't know if he was there on sunday at a point he said he was going to be but yeah. i mean if your city's flooding i could also understand you know it might not have been good <laughs> for him to be there because there was i mean talk about rain later but it was anyway but i don't know what'll happen i think uh, I mean, I haven't talked to, I mean, it was literally yesterday, so I haven't, like, you know, talked to people. But, at least based on the Chicago subreddit, very positive. Yeah, I haven't and- seen anything either. Like, I saw one little, uh, I saw, like, a meme on my gaming Twitter, actually. So, you know when NASCAR hits my other Twitter, that's when, like, something good happened for NASCAR? Like, they're actually reaching? Mm-hmm. It was like a meme, like, they really close the streets down for people to not even go faster than those guys in the Nissan Ultimas or whatever, but it, it was, like, unserious. But, I mean, that's that's good to hear, though. What were you going to say, Alex? Well, I was going to say, like, you were saying, Jackson, to me, that people, like, at your work were talking about NASCAR, yeah. and they never do that. And I was no. telling you, is, like... When NASCAR comes to Kansas Speedway here, no one talks about it. No, no one even knows. Yeah. Like, and I'm that sure happened at Richmond, when NASCAR too. Would, when well, NASCAR would go to Chicagoland, none of those people you were talking about would ever talk about it. Like, it, no. it worked. Like, bring the race to the people. It worked. At least got NASCAR yeah. in their minds. Like, that even... Is, ha- yeah, you go ahead, Jackson. Um, closing the roads put it in people's faces, right? Yeah. So, like, you yeah. knew what was there. You didn't know they were closing the roads. You knew it was NASCAR. Right, so like you knew what was coming. Yeah, you had to know about it. You had to right. You had you did you had to know. Um, (laughs) and I had a point I was going to go to, but um, I can't remember what it was. Well, you should continue. (laughs) Well, it's funny because it's like even Richmond Raceway, and I feel like we talked about this after our Iowa trip, Alex. It's like putting a track in the middle of nowhere obviously just sucks, right? Because people have to travel, like travel with a capital T, to get to that track. That's an inconvenience. That's not going to make people that are kind of unsure about going to do it. All right. You're only going to travel to that if you're actually like interested and committed to it. Even putting a racetrack in a city, though, kind of like Kansas Speedway, kind of like Richmond Raceway, you still have to go out of your way, get in your car, drive a decent amount, possibly get into a little bit of yeah. traffic on the way there, right? Deal with parking and stuff. Um, That's still a thing. But here, when you actually put it in the city, I, I'm like, I'm imagining if this happened when I went to college in Richmond, right? How easy it would have been to get my college friends to be like, yo, let's go check out NASCAR. It's just a few blocks away. We can take the bus, whatever. We can just walk there, whatever. They're going to go because it's like, oh, I'm not doing anything else today. Why not? Oh, tickets aren't that expensive. Sure. Whatever. We'll go like that's that's perfect. You can't do that. With Chicagoland Speedway. You can't do that with any permanent racing facility. 
I'm sorry. You can't. Like, I don't even know if you can do that with the Clash. Like, the Coliseum. Go ahead, Alex. And I want to say is that Iowa, and let's say, let's use North Wilkesboro as a NASCAR example. Mm. That's in, like, the middle of nowhere. And that works if you, like, really promote it. And I think with using Iowa, they had a bunch of concerts and stuff. People will show up if you make them a reason to show up. But then with this, you brought the product to the people. With things like North Wilkesboro, you got to be like, okay, here's other stuff you, for you to go out here. But they, you know, for even Chicago, they had like all these concerts. They sadly got canceled, as we mentioned. But yeah. but they were going to be lit. I think it's possible so, to do both. So here's, I think here's a, this. I'm thinking of this on the spot, so I haven't like you know dug into this. But like southeast, there are tracks. Even though they're in the middle of nowhere, the people down there are close to a track, right? Mm-hmm. When you get yeah. out west, there's and Texas, and now Gateway, but, like, then you gotta go to which is defunct, and Sonoma, Vegas, Phoenix, so, like, this Midwest region is very low on tracks, and that's, like, you know, you think of a reason, like, why does Kansas have two dates? (laughs) Because it's the closest track for, like, a whole section of the country, and adding this race here is hitting that market again, obviously, and when you're traveling to a race... Not only are you like, so I'm thinking about Iowa or uh, I'm thinking about also when we took a trip to Phoenix is like you travel to a hotel and then traveling from the hotel to the track is a whole nother venture on its own. This like eliminates like three steps yeah. <laughs> for a lot of people. So and I don't think I just I don't think people that are it's it's living so close to Kansas in the Kansas City area. Like I knew that was unique and this is obvious like unique. So I don't know, anyway. I just I think people people's understanding of like uh, of core of NASCAR down in like the southeast part of the country. I don't think they understand how far away these tracks are from each other. The further west you get, and especially the Pacific Northwest, like from Denver, the further northwest you go, there's like nothing. So that's why my prediction is I think you're gonna have a street race in Denver. That's been rumored for a while now, by the way, with IndyCar and NASCAR, and then you're they're probably gonna add Portland to the cup schedule at some point yeah because then you would get portland that's fairly i don't know how far that is from seattle but that's up there and then you'll have denver which that's a huge area there's like i think denver's a good anywhere market. close because isn't denver yeah, kind of like, another like sports town like chicago Racing was from there doesn't isn't denver like a yeah. sports town kind of like chicago like the culture wise um, i don't know i've never been there I mean, they just so. they just a championship but so yeah I, I think denver's a great like I think going like talking about where we go forward with this idea, it's like Denver's a great market. Like some people might say New York and LA, but it's like there's already there's already stuff yeah. there, you know. Like, I mean, I yeah. maybe in New York that's an argument, but it's also New York City. It's you know, d- doing something in New York City sounds ridiculous. The 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 reason I love living in Chicago is because you have these parks. Yes. And this lakefront that you don't have in other cities. Yeah. And that's what made this successful is because Chicago was in an area that NASCAR was not in. And you had a property that was usable, even if it caused a little conflict with the city. You had these open parks that you could occupy and build a functional racetrack at in the way that, like, you can't do that in New York, really. Oh. Because they had a whole midway in the same way that this is in Chicago. They had a whole midway at that um, Grant Park. Yeah, 
there are two there are basically two midways there was wow. one you could go to you went through a security point then there was a midway area that you didn't have to have a ticket for and then there was another midway area right. like inside well, that's smart yeah that's how they kind of do it at tracks anyways um mm-hmm. but that's awesome wow um how did the rain kind of impact the weekend for you though jackson um Be- beyond scheduling just in terms of experience it was it was frustrating but an understandable frustration yeah. i could see where other people were could be furious i i am 17 layers deep into this thing and i could see what was happening right <laughs> you have two these two things i have no idea how to run with each with the new experience and neither one has experience with an event quite like this and um yeah i mean it was fine for me <laughs> um the worst i mean i just there was so much rain on sunday like i know you were seeing the videos on like twitter and nbc was showing them but like so much water was falling out of the sky it i every time it would turn to like what you would think is like oh it's just raining like that seemed like a sprinkle compared to the absolute downpour that was happening all day i mean like that group of us that were like salvaged under that tent for six hours like we were under a tent, but water was getting under the tent because there was just so much coming down. Like, we wow. were standing an inch of water. My shoes are still outside. It would look like I oh. got fresh out of the lake with them. Oh, like it's, my God. There was just so much water. And, like, yeah, it was, I yeah, water everywhere. Yeah. Something I wanted to ask you was about all the confusion about the track, like, Apparently, people were saying, like, the track is telling people to leave. Yeah, Saturday night. But then NASCAR is like, yeah, the NASCAR is saying it's not. But I guess, Grant, the city has a rule where mm-hmm. you have to evacuate if there's lightning. Yeah. Uh, what was your experience with that? Uh, so I knew. So I was, I have my scanner. I'm like, you know, I'm more, I'm, I'm tuned into this thing. Uh, so I, I hear in my, I think I was on the Allgaier this who popped up I was like, oh, we got a lightning hold. So I like everyone else was still sitting down. I was like, oh, I put. I was like, I need to get a bench. That's what, that was my immediate thought. I was like, oh, I need to find one of these benches. And so I, I put on my. I like packed up all my stuff, and people were, I could see people like looking at me, like what. So then I went. I ran out and find a bench. Um, and then everyone else. So I don't know what they told people in the grants in my grandstand because I like beat out the PA and screens finding out because I found out like okay. as the teams found out. <laughs> Like, you know how important Twitter is and the scanners, like man. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I don't know. In my grandstand, everyone seemed to just sit around and like chat for a little bit. Um, I think the most people, because people were walking towards our section where there was not an. I, it, I don't know how to describe this without spending like an hour on it, but they're kind of like because of the bridges and where the track was. There were kind of like four sections, right? You could see these like blocks. So to get into our chunk, there's one pedestrian bridge. And there was, like, no exit or entrance from our block. So people from the paddock, which was, like, the fanciest club, were ending up in our section because they thought it was a way out. So I think the main people being told to leave were the people from that paddock club. Oh. And they thought they could come over to where we were for an exit. Oh. But we were not an exit. So I think that is who was told to leave mainly. But that might have been because they were in a giant, I don't, because they were in that structure. I don't know. But our section was never told to leave. Our, but also the people in our area didn't know the nearest exit. Like, I had to help the paddock. We'll find an exit. Like, I was like, oh, you have to go. That's a little concerning, I feel like. Over and around. Yeah, that was a little concerning. So there was definitely some. Yeah, they need to get that one figured out. Because I feel like that's a but huge safety need issue. need to put signs at point 
They didn't have signs that say pointing, saying exit that way yeah. or so, whatever. I didn't something. have any problems with it, but people definitely did. Yeah, I mean, that's understandable, because think about all the people that, again, they they might not be used to going to... Uh, well, a NASCAR street course has never happened, so I guess this, this was new to right. literally so everybody. Like, that's why, like, every time I was down there, I was like, I wonder what this looks like to somebody that, one, is not at races at least two times a year, and two, has not walked around this park a million times. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I would compare that, like, personally, after I went to the Indy 500, I mean, Jackson, you were there, too, you would mm -hmm. know. Like, if you don't know what you're doing, I, I asked advice from, like, ten different people on what to do. And, like, just be knowing mm -hmm. what's going on. Like, that situation, it's just like, what do you do? Like, this has never happened before. No like, answer. you can look at IndyCar, IMSA, F1, but it's different. Like, this is NASCAR and you're in Chicago. Mm -hmm. This has never happened. And I'm sure there's... next year, if it happens again, they'll have it better. But... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I think they'll have another pedestrian bridge or another pedestrian bridge because all of us that were down in our little block had to go over. I mean, you saw it, the McDonald's pedestrian yeah. bridge. Our entire mm -hmm. block of people had to get across that one bridge to get out. That was it. That's not good. Yeah, That's no. just not good. <laughs> so. Yeah. But they'll get that yeah. figured out, hopefully, yeah. next time. Right. Um. I guess we can go ahead and talk about the race, um, yeah, the actual race. We have um, 75 laps to talk yeah. about, um, the cup race at least. Um, we, I don't know if we're talking about Xfinity later, but we have a lot to talk about with the race itself. I, in general, thought it was really good. Um, the man of the weekend, though, was Shane Van Gisbergen, and he does what hasn't been done since, what, 1963? Wins on debut in the cup series. Um, and Seventh driver ever. And it's like, do that. you know, I don't know what y'all's reaction is. Part of me is, like, surprised. But then I think a lot of people, as we've kind of been looking back on it here on Monday, it's not as surprising, I think, as you would might think. Just considering, you know, SVG's experience in supercars, comparing supercars to NASCAR. Also the fact these cup drivers have never... Never raced on a street course in these cars or ever, right? They are they are amateurs at street racing. They are. They haven't done it before. Not to mention it was wet too, and it was wet. The track was wet. Like the so, only, and they were doing single file restarts, which a lot of these guys have not been doing either. That was another point to SVG because they also do that in supercars. Yeah, mm. like a lot of things went his way. I think it was basically like in a. A true level playing field. Because while SVG might not be as used to the car, everyone else isn't used to the track. SVG probably felt the most comfortable on that track than anyone else out there. He obviously did. Yes. He was lapping two seconds I, fact faster. So here's what I'll tell you. This is my... I was between 10 and 11 in front of Jeff Burton there. From the first five minutes of practice, between the two sessions, there were two drivers that were taking that section coming off of the curve and into that short straight completely different. Justin Marks did it in Xfinity practice and the 91 did it in cup practice. Interesting. From their, from their first lap through that corner, they were going twice as deep as anyone else. Twice as deep, at least. Justin Marks Everyone has a lot of experience on road courses, but right? That was his first time in a car in That's true. Like three years, right? And it was... In Xfinity it was car, very, yeah. Yeah. It was... 
it was very clear immediately i could clock who was gonna do good and who wasn't and if just if, if marks didn't have the money shift then cause the yellow which slowed everything down and i mean you know yeah on from there obviously but who knows what he could have done but i i mean immediately from the first session i could tell the way van van gisbergen was uh, was approaching hamburger that section. Yeah, it was, was completely different than everyone else it was, it was very clear god um yeah and like it's crazy in post-race he said something really interesting i don't know if you caught this jackson but on nbc he indicated he's very interested in doing this again perhaps full-time and it's like we've he'd be in the playoffs. Well, here's the thing: we've ha- we don't have too big of a sample size when it, we talk about supercar drivers from Australia coming over to NASCAR. We have Marcus Ambrose. Who else do we have? Do we have anybody else that's ever done that? I don't like I, I, NASCAR specifically. I don't think so. Yeah, because like I would love to see Scott McLaughlin right in a, a stock car. I think he would do oh great. The, you know, they're very similar styles of racing. Um, and it's showing, mm-hmm. right? The the way SVG, yeah, like an IndyCar driver would never be able to do what SVG did. I'm sorry, I don't, I don't think they would be able to do that. They're just well, like completely different cars. Like Jensen Button had a good day, but he didn't have a like yeah. great day, and that was so, his like, second race yeah. in a cup car. Yeah, right. So if you want to make a comparison, I guess that if you want to yeah call out another F1 world champion, like right, yeah, yeah, and. Austin Sendrick said in his post-race interview that there were two guys he thinks could have beaten the cup field, and it was Shane Van Gisbergen and Scott McLaughlin. They were the two guys Sendrick said could beat them. And I think and he's right. I think Because right. you're looking at two multi-time was supercars out there, I bet he would have finished second, if not one. Yeah, and we didn't even, like, uh, I hope people realize that this isn't some random supercars driver either. This is a champion, a champion of champion. the supercars. It, it was interesting. I don't know how much... I mean, I doubt the crowd knew. I mean, I barely knew who he was coming into this weekend. Oh, my! But I want to talk about that. Crowd, Go ahead. Keep going. So, the crowd in my section completely rooting for him. Like, roaring for him. Like, you would have thought it was Chase Elliott taking the lead anywhere else. <laughs> the way that they roared when he passed Haley at the end. It was crazy. Oh. I really... I thought about that in the middle of the race. Because I'm like... Do people realize what's happening here? Because obviously everyone that's followed NASCAR knows what's happening here in the I, monumental, the monument of the, the like what, what SVG was doing. So I think people could at least tell that like he knew what he was doing, right? Like he wasn't like people could yeah. tell that he's like a really good driver and like it's really cool to watch him drive because he was clearly better than yeah. everyone else there. And I think that's why like if, if he showed up to an oval in one it would be like oh god that is embarrassing but he went out there and it was such an impressive drive which i think is what we talked about um you know that's kind of the discourse back at the end of gen six and like the low horsepower and all that mm-hmm. it was like yeah they're close to each other and yeah he won but it doesn't feel like he won that yeah like this you could tell even if you knew nothing about racing you could tell that whoever was in that 91 car he was, was the guy hard yeah and he was the guy he was him he he and was he him. won that yep yeah yeah he was 20th or so like with like 20 to go yeah 18th was, like, i think 20th because, yeah yeah and he passed everyone like he passed elliot larson all these guys who are usually really good on the road course he passed all of them and and it was in the wet and it took like there were several restarts like 
he made it through everything. Like, every obstacle, he did it. And then Justin Haley made that pass back on him. Broke his ankles! Went right back on him. Van Gisbergen broke Haley's ankles, dude, with that move. Oh, my God. When he just let him go back by, not even fight it that hard, I'm like, oh, he knew exactly what was about to happen. I I don't know if we're jumping around in the lineup here, but shout out to Justin Haley, who has not been in competitive situations. Certainly not a competitive situation like that. And he held his own. Andy forced Austin Dillon to wreck himself. Not saying he did. Takes a ton, but he did. And that's impressive. And, uh, you know, I'm totally jumping off here. But, you know, the 100 start thing, we've talked about that before on here, where typically a driver, they might get a fluke win in the first 100 starts. And around start 100 is when you start to figure stuff out. Justin Haley, this weekend, his 90th career start. Wow. See, that 100 start thing, that's real, man. I think it's real. If you want, while we're talking about it, Chase Briscoe is at 90 starts. Austin Sendrick's at 61. Um, Just to, anyway. If Sendrick another season is going to start Daytona's going to be his 98th start, I'm pretty sure. And Talladega's going to be his 102nd. We know how good he is there, just in general. But, wow. I I want to... I want to, um, I like how clean, let's talk about the, the nature of the race, I guess, how clean Justin Haley raced, um, SVG and just how clean really most people were racing. We didn't see any like circus moments. I mean, we certainly had like, you know, we had single driver mistakes. Like Noah Gregson hit the turn six wall at least 50 times. Um, like, mm-hmm. but it wasn't like it was, stupid restart nonsense. Maybe it was because it was single file restarts. But yesterday yes, felt like such a nice, clean, actual proper race, and it was really yeah. refreshing. Um, before we get into that, I just want to say I want to shout out Avery Hage for informing me who Shane Van Gisbergen is, because I knew that he was gonna be really, really good in this race. I didn't think he could win, but man, like I've heard Avery hype this guy up for a while now and he showed up and man i almost got my clock in the car but svg man he like he just had everything go his way and as you said these single file restarts i think that played a key as i hinted earlier earlier but yeah this race wasn't a disaster it felt like because they just had single file restarts but and Hmm. i think they should do single file restarts at every road course we could have a good race Hmm. at the indie road course I think Coda could be tolerable. Jackson doesn't agree with me. Like, I think Jackson. Well, also, cons- I think. Oh. Go ahead, go ahead, Jackson. I think if it's a rain condition, yes. Yeah. If it's not rain, everyone should be responsible. They're gonna wreck enough. a turn one at Indy about. Well, what if at Coda they try? They, they they will never do this. But pushing the restart zone before the final corner, I don't know if that really made a big impact. I, but I think it did because I think it was I very like clear watching the restarts how. Everyone was already at speed. It was it was very clear. I think I mean it looked like an indie car restart, even though indie car restarts can be messy. But I it was I think that was a good move. I don't know if it needs to happen everywhere, but I think Coda would be a place to do it. Maybe I, I yeah. guess it wouldn't really work at Indy quite in the same way. But yeah, but the last thing we needed was that race to turn into a clown show with a bunch of wrecks. We were already kind of getting it with like true wrecks spinning out every lap. But like that's yeah. the last thing we needed. When- fighting darkness and just the event's integrity already kind of on the line anyways. 
when that Stenhouse caution came out and it was overtime, I was God. just I not was so happy. Mad. I was like, oh, here we go. Here Exa- we go. And he- thankfully, it didn't happen. Yeah. But it was just like, man, come on. And it's such like, I wasn't even enjoying it really anymore. Like, I was when he won like, the race. SVG. If SVG but... lost that race to something dumb, no one's happy. I'm exactly. sorry. that Like, no one wanted to see that. Everyone wanted to see him win that race. Yeah, exactly. And, by the way, I want to talk about the... Ellen Reddick, they looked like the guys to beat at the start of this race. And Zach, you, you were talking about on Twitter that it's like they're the dirt guys, and you could add Kyle Larson to that too because it was Bell, oh, Reddick, Larson, one, two, three for quite a while. Yeah. Like these dirt guys, they kind of know what they were doing in the I wanna talk. I want to talk so, about these guys. Go ahead, Jackson. Well, I have a I have a Larry McNugget here for you. Go well, ahead. I guess it's not it's not Larry necessarily. Go but... for it. And qualifying. A Jackson McNugget? Uh, into the final round. I get, yeah. Well, I, I have a few of these. I got some tabs. Hey, you had a whole avenue in the go. Chicago Street Course. Jackson Avenue, right? I did, yeah. I, I thought that was really funny. Down there. But, yeah. I Yeah. Um, so, uh, Tyler, okay, Tyler Reddick. So, uh, heading into the final round of qualifying, uh, something was up. Oh, gosh. Was it his gearbox? Something engine-related was a little off. And they wanted him to watch how much he pushed it heading into, like, the final round of qualifying. And so he started a little fast, but as people started to get more into it, and as they went into the dry, he seemed to fall a little bit. And I wonder if that was maybe because he didn't have the engine power, and as people were accelerating more, that he just didn't have that. And so I don't know how much they did overnight. I don't know, but I remember during qualifying they talked about, you know, power being a little off. So maybe that's why he didn't quite get through the end. Anyway, thought I would drop that in there. That's a good. That's yeah. a good thing to notice. But um, I don't. I'm not surprised. I think someone on TV said that like the dirt guys are always searching for grip. That's a, just something they instinctively mm-hmm. do. So in wet conditions, you're searching for grip. It makes sense. I think about throttle control, and I said this on um Twitter today, and I got a little bit of backlash for it. It's like outside of, of the the guys that commonly do dirt, I think a lot of these NASCAR drivers have kind of lost a bit of an edge. Um, or lost their edge just because throttle control is so just not as important anymore, especially you look at our schedule with a bunch of like intermediate tracks. Um, and even just with how much grip the cars have at short tracks now, like it's just throttle control is not really a thing um, compared to what it used to be, at least. I'm pretty sure you still have to have, you know, control over it. But. But obviously, in wetter conditions at this street course with these tighter turns, it's all about throttle control, right? Getting on the power so you can make lap time. And I think that's why the dirt guys were the only ones really keeping up with SVG, um, mostly in that first half of the race. I guess the first 40 laps um, before people started pitting and the strategy got all flipped because they shortened the race. Um that's and I think that's not a coincidence, right? Because these NASCAR drivers have not had, and I know someone said the supercars don't have more horsepower than NASCAR. I get it, but like, still, these NASCAR drivers, I think they've lost a bit of their edge because of the way the cars are. Just a theory. I yeah. watched the race from a couch. SVG. I don't know. SVG had total control of that car, and every time they went in camera in car with them, that camera was showing, shifting the gear. His feet were doing all kinds yeah. of crazy stuff that the NASCAR guys were like, "We could never do that." And Kyle he, Larson said he couldn't do it. He was on and that was flip strategy. Like, 
He was on the same. Yeah. St- he was. He was behind so, Tyler Reddick and Christopher Bell. So, do we want to get it? I, that's yes, one of my I want to get into it. Well, I want to get into this because it's like Reddick and Bell. I think okay. both let the frustration overcome them, and they exactly. made mistakes. They so, made mistakes yes. and took themselves out of that race. So I before come, I I was at the race, obviously, but I just watched the oh, broadcast before coming here, and so I oh my god, so I looked at so after the Bowman engine sputter yellow that was when they shortened it to 75 and that was the yellow that the rest using air quotes of the field hit right so on that restart of the top 20 nine or 11 stayed out there because they pit before and nine pit right there the top 10 at the end of the race were exactly five and five those that had done the first strategy and those that had pit the second time so the winner of the ninth okay, so of those that stayed out under the second Bowman Yellow, the thirty-one, the nine, the eight, the two, and the twenty-two. And those that finished in the top ten and had to pit there. Yeah. The supposedly unovercomable right. couldn't get around it. Yeah. Ninety one who won the race. Definitely slowed Larson him down. <laughs> yeah. Lar- he won the race. Larson finished fourth. Yeah. McDowell finished seventh. Gibbs finished ninth. Busher finished tenth. You were not completely wow. screwed from that. And you just called five but, really good drivers at road courses, I feel like, too. So, yeah. yeah. It's, it was possible to come back from. It was. I think they definitely let yeah. the frustration overcome them. And, and it's obviously in those conditions, I, it was really easy to make a mistake. I think another thing that happened there is you looked at the lap count. And you saw, well, one, you lost a half of the remainder of the race. Yes. But you also saw you only had 25 laps to go. Yeah. And that feels a lot shorter than it was yeah um because that's still like 30 minutes plus if you go green flag the whole way like you still have a lot of racing you have a lot of corners left even if you're single fall restart even if it's hard to pass you can still make stuff happen yeah yeah and they these guys that were on that alternate strategy when before they shortened the race like bell and reddick they they probably should have planned for this race ending earlier. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Get into that. Oh, it was it, clear. Let's go ahead and get into that whole thing because clear. I it, I was very salty about it, it but I'm less salty it was, about it because SVG and Larson and all those guys proved that it really wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> like they were able to, yes. and it was so abundantly clear between. Gregson, I knew I it. it was, yeah, the second time we had a Gregson yellow. And honestly, at the first Bowman yellow, I was like, oh, this is going to be close. The first Bowman yellow, it was like, you're out of time. Yeah, and that's why those other teams pit, is because they realized it is getting dark. And, yeah, I mean, it ended, when it ended, I mean, it was, it was dark when the, when the race eventually finished. Like, we were walking out, and it was night. Like, it really pushed to, like, the last minute it could have gone. They shortened it to the right distance, and they had to. Yeah. And I'm still a little frustrated because they did something kind of like that in New Hampshire. It wasn't as impactful, even though they waited longer to to shorten it at New Hampshire. But it's like it also screwed over Christopher Bell at New Hampshire. I believe it was 21 where, you know, Mm -hmm. he Mm -hmm. probably would have caught Almirola if he had those 10 those 10 more laps as the Almirola fan chuckles. But um, (laughs) but but I I. What here? The obvious solution to this, and I don't know why no one's ever thought of this before. But what if you add a timer? <gasps> what a timer! 
You mean a time? You mean the sunset? We know exactly when sunset's gonna happen, and we can actually add a timer. That's crazy. You mean other racing series race with a timer? What? That's crazy. You mean yeah. IndyCar has done this before when they had to push their race back and darkness was coming? What? I what? You're opening a whole new monster if you do that. Because how are you going to do overtime? How are you going to do... I, 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 I don't need overtime. Whole... Um, Jackson, I, I, oh, I sweetheart, think... you don't. You don't. I'm sorry, I... listeners. You don't. You don't. You don't. That was the dumbest question you ever. Do, how, how are you so going to do overtime? Really need it, how are you going to do overtime? If you overtime? really need it, and there's a yellow, you can do like <laughs> one overtime, then you're out of time. Like, you can't go past the time if you get to that point. But how But it would have to be like you have to have one. How is that a better solution than what we had now? Because then you're not just changing the number of laps in the middle of the race. But because be then before the, the race even starts, no, 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 you don't switch the to the timer. Even, no, the, no, no, no. the timer runs from the start of the race. Because if you have to delay the start of a 5 p.m. race and you don't have lights, well, I guess 4 p.m. Chicago time, you should probably start the timer, right? That's so, just my that's just my opinion so, i believe f1 and indycar are always running a timer once mm-hmm. the green flag flies in the background but it doesn't come into play until it's like okay we're not going to make this race on number of laps so the timer it's like priority now mm-hmm. you either go into the end of the time or the end of the laps yeah and I, zach's been preaching this for a long time yeah. you have timer i really think that would just save a lot of headaches because then everyone knows like, hey, we're not going to make it on this number of laps a lot of time. Then you're not going to have the 20 crew chief being mad about it. It's like, then you can't, there's nothing you can be mad about because you know that how, that's how it was ahead of time. I think it makes so much more sense and you're not going to have a bunch of controversy about it. Yeah. I think I've been convinced a little bit. Not all the way. That's okay. the thing. Yeah. What it, Alex explained is exactly my thought on it. It's like, because like, Jackson, if you start a race at 5 p.m., Right. And sets at, set, I don't know, let's say. A track that has no lights. 8 o'clock. If you have a bunch of cautions, you know that you're going to run out of darkness. Mm-hmm. All right? And the thing about overtime, well, yesterday, Jackson, if they had to keep doing more overtimes, they were probably just going to be it like, this is our there. last one. Oh, yeah. And if they had more cautions before that, then they probably wouldn't have done overtime at all. Because they had enough, they had enough restarts anyways. That's why it's just it just makes it more fair. In my opinion, everyone's on the same page. Yeah. I don't think they should. The crew chief should be having to guess. Well, is NASCAR going to short? Yeah. Is NASCAR going to shorten it to seventy-five or eighty or eighty? Like that's yeah. dumb. That is stupid. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, right. I'm fully wrapped around. Yeah, thank you. Sorry, okay. I sorry, I, mean, I literally I got upset. up out of my chair. Gonna, but what are you making that time? Are you making it local sunset or what, I mean, like thirty minutes before sunset or ten minutes or whatever you want to do? I don't care. But make it something consistent. Like, like for each track, it'd probably be different. Mm-hmm. Like, like I don't know. Like, you'd probably go like an hour over what the average runtime of a race is. Maybe that way you have, you have time for all your overtime you like doing. That would be sexy if and, they did. But that. then it's like if you have an hour of overtime and you're done, they should do that you know, at every race, low better. key. All right, they I'm won't. Timer. 
I'm that's and cool. again, IndyCar does it. I well, I don't remember the last time they had to end on the timer, but it, it happened like a few years Wasn't ago. Wasn't it? Was it the Indy Rain race? I think it was year? the Indy Road Course. I think course. that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um. That's all. Yeah. But I, yeah. I think. I think. Yeah. I'm not sure it fits with the NASCAR. We'll see. Okay. Uh, yeah. It doesn't fit with the NASCAR. No, no, says the you the just NASCAR. went to a NASCAR no, street race. What do you mean? <laughs> I think here's the problem. Here's the problem. NASCAR on Fox is the problem. That's always going to. They weren't there the yesterday. Problem. What are you talking about? I know. No, I know. You, I, oh I'm, no, I'm sorry, Jackson. I'm <laughs> NASCAR on Fox is to blame for everything. I agree. <laughs> But I know what you're saying. Go ahead. Go ahead. I know what you're saying. No, I'm just saying that the the brain. I mean, I don't know. I won't. It's it's too complicated for Fox to cover. Is that what you're saying? I I guess that's what I. It is 110 percent too complicated for Fox to cover. Yes, and it's just it's so frustrating that like stuff like that that makes sense. It just like it seems like it would. I think that's what I had to get through. I was like, oh, that doesn't make sense for NASCAR, and I'm like. Oh no! It's just because I've been watching NASCAR on Fox for 16 weeks, <laughs> oh, so I man. feel like a dummy. That is so funny. I, I totally get that argument. That's me and Jackson always got to argue. That's a valid argument, though. Like, no, you're like, right. Really, I, it's like you switch to NBC, yeah. and it's like, oh yeah, I can be a competent racing so, fan again. Like, if, they were able to follow so all NBC, the different strategies yesterday too. By the I way, I just needed Rick Allen he to did. explain it to me, and then I would have been. If NBC did the full schedule, are you team clock timer? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Okay, good. Don't be caught. No, don't call it a clock. Because yeah, don't call it a caution clock. Don't timer. call it a clock because then they're gonna be like oh, caution clock. You want a caution? Clock? Okay, we'll give you a caution clock. That's don't say clock. It's a timer. That's it not what I mean. Timer. A timer. A timer. Uh, not a clock. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what a clock um, is. I don't. What are you talking about? <laughs> don't give them any ideas. <laughs> um, Good debate there. Uh, well, let's shout out a couple people. We talked about Justin Haley. Uh, Kyle Bush ended up hitting that turn six wall as well as Noah Gregson. But he ended up recovering, finished P5. He was one of those guys that did the. He kitted early for darkness. He said after the race that he was hoping that no one else caught on to that. Which I Can found we give funny. An additional Kyle Busch shout out. His last finish outside the top ten was Kansas. Wow! Oh wow, that's impressive. That is impressive. He's a dark horse for this championship. Kyle yes. Busch is man. Yeah. Uh, I also want to shout out Mike Bagley because I thought he was going to give me a heart attack. <laughs> God, oh my! That God. man is. I said Marty Snyder was reporting, <laughs> and then he got interrupted and was just like. Mad as hell. He looks so, so mad because I think everyone on that broadcast got interrupted by Mike Bagley yesterday. I'm saying he needs to, Mike Bagley needs to do a Fox broadcast because he's gonna wake their asses up. <laughs> oh, the cameras aren't on the both. the wreck. Yeah. Well, Mike Bagley's gonna tell you about it, and you better get your ass on that wreck because he's gonna be yelling in that mic until you get on that wreck. Oh my god! I'm just saying to to everyone listening. Next season, when we're on a Fox race. And the race is at a NASCAR track. Open the NASCAR app and play the MRN broadcast along with the TV. It will make the whole thing will be a different experience. It'll be so much better. That's how I tolerate the first half of the season. A lot of the Jackson's time. been telling me to do that for a long time. I never did it. I'm, I'm gonna try. Y'all sound year. like a bunch it. of boomers that I used to talk to on the racing forum. 
They're like, oh yeah, we, I just turn MRN on and then I pause it for eight seconds to get it synced. I'm like, what the fuck? What? There's a reason. It is. It's so no. Good. It's so good. No, it I'm going to just really, listen to Mike Joy. I'm sorry. The best thing I've ever heard in racing broadcasting at the Daytona race last year when the rain was coming down. I forget who it was, but on the MRN, MRN broadcast, they said, I'm not going to, you know, not whatever. But it was like the lightning is out over the ocean, but the thunder is rolling off of turn four. And I, that was that was a moment. <laughs> That's hard. That, that is Ooh. bars. That is bars. Yeah. Listen. I didn't know bars. Dave Moody Damn. could spit like that. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Oh man. Um. But yeah, um, Justin, Haley, thing Justin Haley had a great day. We already talked about him a little bit. Um. This probably helps. I him. also want to talk about that uh that pile up that happened that we all saw coming. <laughs> Pile up that over an eleven. That's when I grabbed oh, my. I grabbed another beer after that happened. That was great. I love that. But see, if it happens one time, it's just like, oh, ha ha, that's funny. And, yeah. and they didn't like wad it's it up. Fine. Everyone just stopped. Yeah, they like stopped. Yeah. And I, I went into this honestly thinking it was gonna happen every lap. That's what I thought it was gonna be, just that, and it wasn't. So kudos to all the drivers. Um, we talked about. We'll talk about that in a second, actually. Uh, Cole Custer, he did up winning the Xfinity race. We kind of touched on this. Uh, NASCAR called this race before halfway, the fifth time in NASCAR history that they've ever done this. The last time was Kansas Xfinity last year. Yeah. But that is because they finished stage two. Yeah. The, like, that's uh, still by the rule book. They did not finish stage two. The end of stage two is lap 30. They ran 25 laps. Wait. Oh. What? So the thing I read was wrong then. Wait, okay. what? N- Wait, yeah. then what happened? Why did they call it before halfway then if they didn't finish stage two? Because they, they invoked it was, the it was, crazy it was, it was raining. Yeah. It was raining really hard? I don't remember this race. I thought they reason. finished they stage not, two. Okay, my bad. They did not okay. finish stage two. Oh, so no, this has happened before. Like, okay. Okay. Not in the... So where I read that was wrong then. But anyway, uh, last time was Kansas last year. Okay. Fifth time in history. Uh, what do we think about that? It's are the we cool fifth. It? Are we like it? Are we sure that it's the fifth time they've done it? Like outside the normal rulebook procedure, though. Like the five times they've done this before. Like not like I'm not a hundred percent sure. After Jackson just well, fact checked me, if but the other is, three times, yeah. If the other three times were because they've got to halfway but didn't finish stage two, that's fine because that's in the rulebook. Or right, I think that might have happened. Or they finished stage two but didn't get yeah. to halfway. What? whatever um right because that's the rule you either finish stage two or get to halfway either or um like i don't like it just in on paper i don't like it because you're not being consistent but also it's like you're you're in a city and you can't be here all week right like you can't be here all week and you also have another event later that you need to do i get it they also only had like three laps to get done before mm-hmm. it would have been official. I didn't want them to do what they did at Spa in 2021 with F1, and they did parade laps just to make it official. Um, but like, That's what just, I thought they were going to do. Yeah, like... I don't know. It's weird. It's it's weird. I get it. I almost want to see the rules kind of adjusted a little bit. Like Maybe like the first half of the race, or the first third of the race, Like you have to get that mm-hmm. done. And maybe the next third of the race, if there's rain, you can decide if you could. I don't. I don't know. I have to go yeah. back to what so I was thinking. It's, this was it's a, mess. a extreme circumstance, yeah. and I don't know if it's worth over 
I mean, overcomplicating. Yeah, I th- I think yeah, you're right. Because I think unlike unlike the timer, I think this actually would be overcomplicating because then you'd be overanalyzing each situation where even having the like stage two versus halfway is kind of already like weird. Yeah. Um, I think this was yeah. a very unique situation where you had a track that would not be a track in 48 hours. Yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm fine with it. I have no complaints. I think they were in a specific situation because like, what were they going to do? Wait out Xfinity and then run Xfinity and then risk not running the cup race. Like it was just not yeah. worth it. Then come back Monday for Xfinity. Like they're not going to do that. No, it's not, it's not worth that's it. That's not, yeah, and that's not something you would want to do. Now, technically it's not in the rule book, but they do have the rule that says NASCAR can do whatever they want. That's basically what the rule is. Yeah. And that's what they did. I so, would like them to rewrite I, I, I the rule fine. book for the next time a situation like that, like just sure something, but it's not that big of a deal. Cole Custer deserved that win. He's that's his second road course win of the year, by the way. Um, he won at Portland. Mm-hmm. So, um, um, good to see him winning in general. The, something Jeff Gluck talked about on his podcast, The Teardown, was he, he thinks they should do half points like F1 did at Spa. Do we want I that? don't. Because they didn't get halfway? I don't hate that. I know Jackson is shaking his head. I think that's my good compromise. Give half points if you can't get to halfway. Sorry. But then it's like weird because then like, well... The win for the playoffs is still going to count 100%, right? Right. Or do you cut right. that in half and somehow? Playoff, yeah. or your, do you have half a playoff point? Do you get 2.5 playoff points? Like, I, think we're, I don't know. I think, it, I think it's an over-analysis of an extremely unique situation. I agree. Like, I think F1 at Spa was different because they did, like, what, three laps there? Yeah, and everyone hated that, and they changed the rules. Some people thought they shouldn't get, yeah. they shouldn't have been any points. I'm one of them. Yeah. But anyways, um, <laughs> no, I, I think how NASCAR handled it was fine. I agree with Zach that maybe they should add like a little thing in the rule book that says, "Hey, if we don't reach halfway and yeah. there's some extreme circumstance, blah, be, blah, Twitter blah, do this." But, when I could read whatever. Twitter, they were they were mad as hell about it, dude. <laughs> they were mad as hell about it. But you have to understand, like, they, yeah, they they had to get the hell out of there, dude. Like they yes. couldn't stay there all week. Yeah. Um, and but, they weren't gonna. The contract was only for. Saturday, Sunday, and then Monday, barring cancellation, postponement. Yeah, and they didn't want to be there Monday. I, I'm sure they have to pay more money because if you Monday. ended up having to cancel the Cup race, having to finish half an oh. Xfinity race and the Cup race on Monday, like that would have been a full operation itself. Like, yeah. And apparently, we were like 15 minutes away from that scenario. Yeah, because I guess when it just magically stopped raining, NASCAR's like, oh my god, wait. They were about to they were about to postpone it yeah, on Monday, think... fifteen minutes away. So, yeah. Um, to wrap up this NASCAR segment, great discussions, boys. Yeah. I'm ha- proud of us. Um, should NASCAR have more street courses? We kind of touched on this earlier. Um, I'm th- I'm thinking they're gonna do one in Denver. I bet that's next, yeah. or maybe somewhere overseas. I yeah. I'm, uh, I'm, what do we think? I'm curious. To, ooh, overseas. I'm curious on how they're gonna handle this. I think going to Obviously, new cities that have not had a street race before, right? Like, I know, Alex, you said they could go to Long Beach, and I don't think that's the worst thing. But it's like, I think the impact of what they did at Chicago, showing up to a city that's never had something like this before, that's awesome. I I, I don't think you yes, get that same vibe right. when you go to Long Beach, or if you take NASCAR to yeah. Long Beach. I think going to Denver is a I good agree. idea. 
going to maybe a city like Seattle even is a good idea. We want to talk about an area that's like, you know, mm-hmm. that has some space or that now doesn't have a lot of racing up there. Um, yeah. I'm just curious. Like, I think it'd be cool if they hang out at Chicago for a few years, right? Like, because people that went there probably want to go back, you know? Yeah. yeah I think yeah. you might want to yeah. stay there and for a few years. Right? So, I think the city should give Chicago a second shot. And I think NASCAR needs to just give it, give it a proper second run. One, to make sure it works again. And two, to see what happens if you have a fully functional weekend. Yeah. Right. Good point. And two things. I think Long Beach, that might be a good idea if they want to have a replacement for Fontana specifically. Like maybe not a long time thing. Yeah. But if, you know, it's in that same area. Yeah. Um, if not, you don't want to do Cup. If you want to keep Cup at like major cities, I mean, it's Long Beach, it's outside of. They wouldn't whatever, do it though just but... because of the logistics of that weekend. They have enough things going right. on at that well, weekend. I was thinking they could do like an Xfinity race or something. Just to like tag along with Insa and IndyCar, just like be there. But yeah. no, I think they'll stick. If they're going to do more, it'll be like in other big cities. Yeah. Um, my other thought is, and I don't think they're going to do this because Ben Kennedy's on record, Steve O'Donnell's on record saying they want to do more. But what if they just made this a crown jewel, Chicago? Let's make a new crown jewel and just, just the one street course. Wouldn't that be cool? Or no? Yeah. I well, think it'd be cool, personally. I mean, like, Chicago's just here forever. Like, I mean, I don't know. It's hard to comment on it when it's like... Well, right, yeah. It's like I talking mean, about the L.A. Clash. Fair. It's like talking about the L.A. Clash and, like, you know, doing this forever when we know we're not going to do that forever. We might not right. even do it next yeah. year. Um, now, needless to say, I think Chicago was more successful than the Clash in L.A., so, so it's like if we had, if we're at if we're at Chicago for the next five years, I'm fine with it. But if so, this can't be the only one, right? You, I think we need to go to Denver. We need to try this somewhere else, right? And oh. there, we could. Oh, I agree. I would I'm also curious what we thought. Like d- doing different kind of designs too. Like you know, that was a very like ninety degree corner mm-hmm. street course, right? It raced well. Don't get me wrong, it raced well, but. I would like to see just something else. So, I don't know. Right. It's hard Especially to... Especially watching a lot of... Which is why we need to come back on a, a fully dry weekend, right? Because how much of that good racing... That's true. Is because of a tire or because of water, you know? Yeah. So, that's... I think you need to, next year, come back. Do it again. Make it the... Don't try another street course this year. Just see what happens. Yeah, you already know what to do. At Chicago. So, just... Yeah, make a few improvements in the places that there need to be improvements, and try to give it a true shot. Yeah, I think yeah. this is the NASCAR way right now. Do you do something new? Do it for a few years, and then you re- not not do something else, but you have to reevaluate. I think, I think Ben Kennedy and the people at NASCAR are aware of that, right? You have to just reevaluate. You you can't like the Indy Road Course, for example. We're, we're doing it for three years now. I think they realize kind of meh. It's meh. Let's go back to the brickyard, right? And. I think yeah. that's a little difference. We were talking about, like, you know, this Ben Kennedy, like, Jim France era. I think that's the difference between, like, the Brian France era is it was, like, they would try something and they would stick with it because they were scared to, like, go back on it. Whereas, like, what we're in now, it feels like we're, like, we're going to try stuff. And if it doesn't work, it's okay. We're going to... Yeah. They're not being egotistical about it, which is great. Yeah. That's, that's nice to see. Yeah. 
That's a good. Sure. That's a good thing. And you're seeing that with like Dirt Bristol too, with that possibly not coming back next year. Oh, thank God. Um. So, anything else we can talk about before we talk no, about the but that, playoff picture? That that was just a great discussion. I think what we just said about that too is just really fascinating to me about how. And again, I'm so happy and proud of NASCAR for pulling off this event. They did great with it, and given the circumstances, I loved yesterday's race. One of the best ones of the whole year, to be honest. It was. I was I engaged. I was engaged the, the entire time because I wasn't really sure what was going to happen either. Um, I, yep. I guess one final note. Shout out to Melissa and Keisha who were working the food stand between turns ten and eleven. Who uh, with me <laughs> and my new friends Matt, Jacob, and Randall, Your new we friends. hung out there for six hours. Your new friends. Um, oh my gosh! And we, we had a good time, and uh, they they really made the experience uh, bearable. So anyway, oh yeah. Shout out to people working that still made it awesome. in the right time. Nice. So taking a look at the playoff picture. Um, the four, the six, the 17 are very well into the above the cut line. That could change if more people win. Uh, Bubba Wallace is plus 15. Ty Gibbs plus six. Very underrated season from Ty Gibbs, in my yeah, opinion. Another solid uh, finish. Below the cut line. Yeah. Another, below the cut line is Daniel Suarez minus six. Michael McDowell minus 10. He's still right there. And then down a bit in 24th in points is Chase Elliott. Who? 55 out. <laughs> did you know, did you know, for the Chase Elliott raced on a street course for the first time this week? That's crazy. You mean he's back? Yes. What? He's back. <laughs> Chase Elliott's back? I have no idea. So he's got eight weeks to make up 55 points or win a race. Um, That's six I think point, he's going to do it. That's seven points a week. I think it's going <laughs> to... Listen... <laughs> I know I said they wouldn't suspend Chase Elliott. Do they think that they're going to let their boy miss the playoffs? I think once we get to or closer to Daytona, we're going to start seeing some shoddy officiating. I'm I'm not I'm not lying. We're going to see some shoddy officiating if that 9 car is up front. I I struggle to disagree. So. You right? Yeah. Like, they're going to get a little dirty about I think, this, I think. I'm going to be real with you. I think he's going to make it on points. But, yeah. when we started talking about this, like, three weeks ago, he was minus 84. He's almost half. Well, he his, got top 10 oh, last yeah. week at Nashville. He got... Didn't he get top 10? Did you get top 10 yesterday? Yeah, he did. He yeah, was up front. He, he, yeah, finished, yeah. he finished third. Yeah, he third was or fourth. Third on the podium. <laughs> but <laughs> I think he'll, he'll probably... He, hell, he might win. He could win next week at Atlanta. Right, oh, he's. Yeah. I think he's actually starting to gain some momentum now because I saw. I mean, just look at him these last two weeks. I think that break was actually a decent reset for him. They're finally going to get in a rhythm. Hopefully, that nine team. So it's hard to say that they're not going to make it. Um, but you better hope he better hope he doesn't have any more issues. And I I just mean that like on the track. Like, don't have any DNFs. You do not want to put any more pressure on yourself to make up any more points than you have to. So. That's my take. Jackson, what do you think? You're the numbers guy here. Uh, I mean, I I think he can do it. I mean, looking at who's between him and, like, the bubble, right? So, like, because those would be the people he'd have to, like, pass in the points, right? So, he'd have to outscore yeah. them. Like, okay, LaJoy, Cendric, Haley, Bowman, Almondinger, McDowell, Suarez, and Gibbs on the bubble. Any given week... He's going to finish ahead of 
I don't have how many that is, but like one, two, three, four. Most five, of those six, guys. Seven, eight, nine. He's going to finish ahead of eight out of those nine guys, right? Yeah, so, to be honest. Yeah, I think he can do it. And like seven points a race, age, you know. And the stage points too. Like it's he can he could get that many yeah, points in a right. stage and then still and, have yeah. And like yes, could Michael McDowell win this week? And you know whatever. Yeah, they could, but even. It's 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 hard to imagine Chase Elliott missing the playoffs. As long as he keeps it clean, yeah. He just doesn't want to have like three straight races where he DNFs. Then That's, he could lose it. He could yeah. lose it. That's the thing. It's like he we're could. going to if he wrecks at Atlanta, if he wrecks at Daytona, right? It's if he like puts himself yeah. The same thing right. as Christopher Bell and whoever in this race this weekend, right? If you get so fresh frustrated that you put yourself in a bad situation, you can lose that. But if yeah. he just keeps doing what he's doing, he's gonna be. Yeah, and right. yeah. And, you know, I think this also gets more challenging if you see, like, an A.J. Allmendinger win at Watkins Glen or something. You do have That's the two true. super speedway races. But I mean, then that, his points would be harder, but I, I still think he's going to make it. I, see, I think, you know, I think last year has kind of shifted our, our the way we think about, like, surprise winners. Like, I know they talked about this on the, the Paradown a week or two ago, like... We haven't had, I guess, this, like, we haven't had a surprise winner this year, truly. Like, there truly has not been a surprise winner. I mean, we just kind of had one. one. I know. But was that everyone? But, but again, I'm technically not, not very surprised about it, so I, I know what you're saying. Like, I know what you're saying. Yeah. You you are kind of cooking any, here. Is there any week we truly stumbled into and is like, oh. And then Kyle Larson go, winning kind of surprised reflect. me, though, to be honest. <laughs> Like, like, okay, 500. I'm, I'm, I'm moving on. No, you're right, Jackson. I agree with you. I'm just giving. Just like so I didn't think he was ever gonna win with his luck. At, <laughs> so at maximum, we might have one winner in here, but like, yeah, yeah. But I agree. We'll see though. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll go ahead and. For ready to wrap up NASCAR, we're going to, have to take a break and then talk a little bit about IndyCar and everything else that's happened in motorsports this week with the T. So we will be right back. Welcome back to the Gay Racing Podcast. It is time for the T, where we talk about all of the latest just gossip or just interest interesting things that happen in the motorsports world. And honestly. I find this thing really, really interesting. So Thursday, <laughs> Friday was it? They were doing a track walk. Um, they were doing a track walk of the the Chicago track, of course, which I just thought that was really cool in general. They were tweeting about it and stuff. All the drivers, or almost all the drivers, were there. Um, two in particular caught my attention, and they didn't just catch my attention; they caught everyone's attention. Uh, um, let's start with Ty Gibbs. All right. So my man rolls up in here, <laughs> and he's been growing a mullet, apparently. It's kind of looks soft. I kind of want to touch it, but he was wearing this weird scarf-looking thing, where I guess it was like a light jacket that he like tied around his neck, and he just looked so gay. I'm sorry. He looked, he came to the city, and he was assimilating to the culture. I will just say that. He came to serve. He came to serve. <laughs> Not only did he came to serve, but his his boy, um, Sammy Smith, his boy, or his friend, you know, his boy, but it's a friend, um, was also with him. God. And when they were catching a ride back to wherever they need to be on the scooter, 
Ty Gibbs, you know, hopped right on top of Sammy Smith, and they just looked really cute. And they just he looked like, really cute. I like held on by Sammy's chest. Oh, he was holding. <laughs> he was great. He had two yeah. big handfuls of Sammy Smith titties, man. I'm just <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> he had two big handfuls. Uh, okay. I can't. And I'm just Zach, saying. You had a tweet. I did have a tweet. You had a tweet saying it was a that's the Heartstopper. That was the second season trailer for Heartstopper right there, dude. <laughs> if you don't know what Heartstopper is, just look it up and you'll know. Um, they, they For real, they were so cute. I know they're not gay, yeah. but if they were, they actually would have my full support. I would be such a... T- they were so cute. I'm sorry, but it you can't cute. act boyfriendly like that in public and not get my attention. I'm sorry. We love not having fragile masculinity. Yes. I just if Alex Bowman it. and what's his name, William Byron, started doing that, girl, I'd be on top of that. Aww, that'd be that'd so be really cute. cute. I just like that. So anyway, we're joking. Uh, you know what's not a joke? Um, John Hunter Nemechek is apparently a, his logo is now available on some underwear. Yeah. That's some tea for you. Yeah. Um, as Austin or at 82 Griffith would say, um, some long John Hunter Nema checks are available. Um, mm. <laughs> so they're, they're like, they're pretty long boxer briefs too. Like they're like, they're straight people boxer briefs, but I do not imagine straight people buying that underwear for some reason. I don't know why. True. Wasn't it like the skyline? It was like the Chicago skyline and his logo, and his logo on it. Was his logo right on the, you know, the so, apex? Um. I have two questions. I have two questions. Why didn't Why didn't John Hunter model these just so we could see what they look like on someone? I is what I wanted. I I really would have loved to see how they look like on somebody, and I think John Hunter Nemechek so, would have been the perfect person. John Hunter, John Hunter, if you're listening, um, if you would like some models. If you would like some models, oh Zach and I, and Jackson, if you want to be available too. I, I'm, um, not, I'm not any part of this. <laughs> Zach and I will. Well, but happily, you're a local Chicago uh, resident. I know. I think you would be oh, perfect. No. <laughs> how many? How many Xfinity drivers can he, can we harass in one episode? We have three down. <laughs> Who else can we harass? Who else did something this week? I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know. But that's crazy. Yeah, um. If if someone wants to send us a Zach and I, I low key want a pair. On her Nemechek undies, I yeah. low key want a pair. Like, I've never. It's the brand Ethica, right? That's the brand. I think so. Yeah. And hey, you know what? You could put that OnlyFans you got to use. Yeah. I mean, right. Wait a minute. I could. I could do a review. Oh my god! Yeah. And even like a test session in it. That would be great. Yeah. That'd be perfect. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. I'm, wow. Well, you know yeah. what? If you buy the John Hunter Nemechek underwear, I hope you I hope you get good use out of it. I hope your girl or boyfriend or partner is very impressed by them. Um <laughs> make sure you say exactly who designed them or whose brand it is. Um you can read you can 
In fact, you can take a break from bedroom activity to actually look up his racing oh reference stats. Yeah, you can say, yeah, he drove the 38 car for a while and he wrecked every other week. And he... <laughs> I know these are turning you on right now, but you have to know yeah. <laughs> that this guy in 2020 did not have a good season. Um, but now he's looking at maybe winning the Xfinity Series Championship, and I know that's going to get you to... Anyways, um, so that's just weird. That's you know, this tea tastes funny this week, Alex. Yeah, it's a little, it's a little fruity this week. I don't it's, know. What it's we a put little. In. It is a little fruity this week. Um, <laughs> I can't. We're off the rails. Um, so you know what? Weird behavior from us because I actually watched F one this weekend, which is yay. Yeah, yeah, I uh, <laughs> I was expecting you to act shocked, and then you're just like. Nothing. Um, Con- congrats. I. So I've been. Why into- are you doing that? I well, I've been playing the F one game, and I'm like, let me watch Formula One mm-hmm. like a proper race fan. Um, it was okay. So they were at Austria, which is you know, um, it's a pretty popular track, the Red Bull Ring. Pretty good racing. Three really long straightaways. Um, and I kind of got a sense of what F one's been like most of this year because obviously we haven't really been following it, but. I saw one really interesting tweet, though, that, and this is, I don't know if this is legit, but someone was saying that Verstappen's dominance in F1 right now doesn't compare to Hamilton's or even, like, um, you know, Vettel's before or whatever, because Verstappen, when he wins, the emotion that he shows is at, like, 0%. He looks bored. Say he shows emotion? He looks so bored. After he wins yeah. a race. And it's like... I, I knew that, but I didn't really think about that in comparison to Lewis or Vettel or, um you know, anybody before, right? Because... You could even you could even look at Jimmy Johnson and NASCAR. Yeah. You could look at Alex Pillow right now and Indy. Alex Pillow like, right now. Yeah. Full blown celebration every week. Right I now. mean, yeah. Sebastian Vettel was bowing down to his Red Bull car. At one point, you know, during, like, whatever race it was. I don't know. Right? Hamilton, obviously, a very outspoken with how much he appreciates the fans and just everything he does outside of the track. So, it's just... I think that's kind of the thing with Verstappen dominating that has a lot of people a little bit distasteful with F1. What, what do you think, Jackson? Well, I'm like, how are you a Verstappen fan? It. I was thinking about that, too. Dutch, if you're not like Dutch, I mean, I could see that angle. Or like, if you're just a Red Bull fan, I could yeah. see that angle. But like, who I want to know, just a Max Verstappen fan, other than the fact he's winning, what's the appeal there? Because what's even fun about watching him right now? To that, like, yeah, I, I just don't understand. Like, in the same way, I don't like Ross Chastain. I understand how you could be a Ross Chastain fan. Yes. I don't like Max Verstappen, and I do not understand how you could be a fan of it. And I haven't had a lot of race car drivers right. where I could say stuff like that about it. Because I think any IndyCar driver, they win, they they are celebrating the heck out of it. It's kind of sad to see, like, even... I don't even know if Verstappen really celebrated hard when he was, like, battling with Lewis. I don't know. Maybe that's just his personality. You know, he's... It's, he's it's, go ahead. 
Well, it's also weird, like, the way he won the championship, right? That it's also like, is that weird. That was supposed to be, like, the triumphant moment, but it was weird. It's just it got like, ruined from officiating. Yeah. It got ruined. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, and I, I think I talked about that when that happened. This is, like, ruining Verstappen's legacy, because that first championship is always going to have an asterisk. Because we, we all know what happened, right? So, yeah. at Abu Dhabi. So, it's just, like, I don't know. I just feel sad about it. Um, The race itself at Austria... The big story of the weekend was track limit penalties, which a lot of people were complaining about. My take is just stay inside the track. I'm pretty Alex, we talked about this before way back when we actually, you know, talked about mm-hmm. F1. Like just stay inside the track. You're F1 drivers. Like what? Sergio Perez, um Verstappen's teammate in the Red Bull, apparently has not made Q3 the final round of qualifying for the last 4 weeks. He didn't make That's it. Crazy. He didn't make it at Austria because he kept getting track limit penalties, and his lap got uh, got deleted. So that's crazy to me. Um, silly season. The F one's kind of interesting right now. Obviously, you know, look at the the guys in IndyCar with Alex Alex Pillow. Is he going to somehow end up in F one sooner or later? Pato Award. But then you just look in F one. Nick DeVries and AlphaTauri might not last that long. Um, might yeah. be some questions about Sergio Perez coming up. How long is Lewis Hamilton going to be racing? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Is Perez in a contract here? I have Do no idea. But I, th- I think with Red Bull, they don't give a crap. You know? Yeah, I don't think Red Bull they, gives a crap. They really don't. They're about to switch out another driver in the AlphaTauri. So, I don't know. Um, But um, yeah. the racing was really mm-hmm. good, actually, Sunday. I, okay. Oh. Here's Go yeah, ahead. the Perez question. According to Khan, in May he signed a two-year extension. In May of 22, he signed a two-year extension, so he's through the end of 2020. So, so for the next end of next year. season. Okay. So next year okay. would be his contract year. Okay, interesting. Um, but yeah, like the racing was good. Um, obviously, like Verstappen had the he kept doing pit stops to get fastest lap. Like they did, like I think he had like a three or four stop race. Not even kidding. Um, but. Mm-hmm. It, the racing for the podium spots is really good, especially between Science. Science was doing a really good job holding up um, Perez as he was coming up through the field mm-hmm. because Leclerc was second. So Science did a really good job um, defending for Charles. So I didn't hate it. I had a good. They go to Silverstone this weekend, which is a big deal for them. Um, this the home race for F one. They're you know kind of based in Britain, so mm-hmm. I'll probably watch that a little bit. So. Yeah, I might watch that. I think you should, Alex. Yeah. I think the the racing wasn't that bad. And honestly, listen, um, it's I I don't know if Verstappen's gonna you know lose, but like man, if Hamilton or Russell, yeah. right, if Mercedes can actually nail it this weekend, which they've been kind of struggling lately, if they can nail it at Britain and get one of their British drivers to victory lane, imagine the scenes. So right. that's just that right. would be a reason to watch F one this weekend. But it's okay. I didn't hate it. Um. Yeah, I'm just you know. Yeah, I I might watch it just because the only other thing on is NASCAR at Atlanta, and I'm not a big fan of New Atlanta. Yeah, and and it's also a night race again, yeah. so it's gonna be like I have nothing to do all day. So yeah, um, it's IndyCar. We're gonna kind of transition into IndyCar. We're still in the T. One little more sip. One little more sip of tea Last here sip. before we move on. Uh, David Malukas, um, someone that Jackson I know likes a lot. Um, he said that he is unlikely to return to Dale Coyne with HMD next year. 
And this kind of threw a little, another little wrench into the whole silly season thing. Could David Malukas be the guy going to Ganassi? We discussed this last week. We said we would have these. I said his I name, right? I said Christian Lungard. I said Christian I Lungard. you said Lungard yeah. and uh, Malukas is who you yeah. said. And obviously Lungard with his performance at Mid-Ohio, yeah, backing me up. But um, uh, you have to look at, you know, we talked about how, you know, if the eight car is currently a pay driver, they're, they're going to need another pay driver to replace um, Erickson. So, I don't know if Malukas is bringing in money. Probably isn't, you know, just well, to be real. Isn't, wasn't it his dad's company is that HMD, isn't that them? Yeah. Oh, it is? Dad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh, he'll be in the 10. Or the 8. Oh, he'll be there. 100%. Reason, <laughs> the reason I wasn't sure if that would happen is just because HMD is like its own team partnered with Coin now. Yeah. So Not anymore. It's kind of weird. Well, actually... But, yeah, that's in, that's that's a good point to bring up because aren't they? They're kind of trying to develop their Indie Next program, aren't they? Yeah, H&D. like they they're like half the Indie Next field right now. H and D is. So that's so a good point. maybe that's they partner with Ganassi instead of Coin. I don't I don't know. That's a good idea. I mean, obviously Ganassi is going to need a lot of development drivers soon. <laughs> so I mean the way it's looking uh, yeah. the way it's looking they're going to need some so it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world I'm just saying mm. I think David Malukas would be I mean he's shown how fast he is I'm you know so especially at ovals like get get him in a Ganassi car see what he can do so yeah um and yeah. by the way just like Marcus Erickson this was a public statement by David Malukas he told the media and Nathan Brown of the Indy started a whole article about it Check that out if you want to learn more. Yeah, he's, really interesting. We're not going to know. He's hoping. He's hoping Chip Ganassi isn't rate limited on Twitter and actually sees the article. <laughs> <laughs> you know what is rate limited is the T. It's done. It's done. We're moving you on ra- to we, IndyCar. It's not. There's more, but you can't see it. So you know, it's done. It's rate limited. Right. So, IndyCar at Mid Ohio. Alex Polo won again. What? You could just. Leave it at, wow! Just leave it at that. That's crazy. I didn't expect that. Hello <laughs> now has a 110 point lead. Man, I know last week or whenever we talked about IndyCar last, we were saying you know Iowa. I still think this kind of is like Iowa. If he still has a huge lead after Iowa, it's over. But Iowa is a doubleheader. I think, I, yeah, I think Iowa is kind of the like. Not the Last playoffs, chance. obviously, but that's your like start of the final grind is like after yeah. Iowa. Coming out of Iowa, you have yeah. made your situation on from there. I yeah, I guess. But we have eight races left. hundred and ten points? That's insane. That is gonna be so hard and to climb. The the broadcast talked about it is like the one place Polo hasn't really perfected his craft are the ovals. And we have three of them left. I mean, if he has an issue of both Iowa's and Gateway and Joseph wins all three, then it's game on. But it's just like, what are the odds that Pelosi not, not going to finish like seventh in all of them, you know? Yeah. Um, or even better. Scott Dixon into this conversation. Yep. He's second in points. That's he's terrifying. Even 110 points. points. That's terrifying. He's doing his thing. He's suddenly popped up to second in points. He uh, he's finished in the top five the last three races. I don't know. I the, it's it's a big up. gap. 
It's a big game. Like, obviously, here's the thing. Polo will 110% have to have issues. You can't outrun him at this point. You have to rely on him having issues. That's not a position you want to be in. I think IndyCar is a series as unpredictable it can get. It's a series where you it's not that hard to play defensive with a championship. That's true. That's true. Compared to NASCAR. Well, yeah. I'm not even. Why would I even bring NASCAR up? They don't have that. <laughs> um, But I. it's just like. I think I, the ovals are the one place where like something could just go horribly wrong, right? Um, yeah. But you know, as long as you keep everything nice and tidy with pit stops and you know keep the mechanical issues to as low as you can, it's going to be hard to see anyone getting close to Pillow at this point. Um, yeah. Iowa's the next race, right? Both Iowa races. No, Toronto. Oh, Toronto. So, and that's the thing. It's like, well, he's probably going to go and win Toronto now. Because there's no reason yeah. to think why not. So what happens when he wins at Toronto? I mean, there's no guarantees in life. There's no guarantees in racing. We don't know that. Um, yeah. I, I said this year. after... He did win Toronto last year? Dixon. Dixon. Scott Dixon won. Scott Dixon did Toronto, Toronto last year. Well, he needs to get his dicks on that gas pedal and, <laughs> and go. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, he needs so, to get on I, it. I said this at during the Road America episode too, but I really think that if Polo wins or even top threes, Iowa, Iowa, or Gateway, it's done. This thing's over. I, I, yeah, I, I don't know. And it's, like he's it's, just too consistent. I already think it's player, over. You know? it's we've even done with, this the last three years. With just the same championship situation. It's even like, when we were, because uh, when I was watching the Indy race this morning, I was sitting there. Even when he was running like in P five. I was like, okay, there's four guys in front of him, and I, I forget who it was at the time, whatever, but I was going through, and it's like, okay, they're only making up, like, a couple points on him. Yeah, and it was, like, Herda like, and Ray Hall, who aren't even in the conversation, right? right? exactly, exactly. Yeah. And then they threw yeah, like their Joseph was 13th. Yeah. How the hell were you watching the IndyCar race? Oh, you watched it today, uh, after, right, or yeah, end of right, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, this morning, I watched both. I am about to say, you was watching it with your buddies at, at under the tent? No. <laughs> on, no. on the phone? <laughs> no. Yeah, you can watch them on Peacock, yeah. and the commercial breaks are only, like, 60 or 45 seconds. So, like, it's like a yeah. accelerated race, basically. Oh, that's really anyway, cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah, when I rewatched the Indy 500, it was actually kind of nice. Yeah. It was really quick. Um, let's kind of go through the race. Uh, Marcus Erickson, lap one. Like you said, Zach, you've said several times now. He's just not himself right now. I think this is whole he... contract dilemma is interesting. Yeah, yeah, Jackson? Oh, I was just going to agree with that. It's really interesting. He's like, okay. he's, and I wonder if, I mean, is the 500, did that shake him that much? Like, he is he have. still shook up from that? It could be a. It might be a, that. It could have been contract. like a little thing. It the five hundred thing could have been something on top of it. You know what I mean? Like that set off. The, I think. I don't understand. And I, he's won the five hundred before, obviously, but I still right. losing the five hundred like that is a big mental just hitting the balls, like. Mm-hmm. So, sorry, I can't. I'm very vulgar this episode. Um, but but yeah, it's like it's he made a mistake and the contract. He though. made a mistake at the start of the race that like. Yeah, you don't expect him to make mistakes. He doesn't make mistakes like that, right? He doesn't just miss the apex like that and go wide. Like, like that's just outside of Alex Pillow, he's been the most consistent guy in the series. Yeah. like he led the championship most of the season that last was, year. That was his thing. thing. 
Yeah, and that was even, his thing. Yeah, yes. The, the first half of this year, he was leading the championship. Yeah. And it's totally. And then Alex Pelot is taking it over from him. It's so bizarre because, like, it was still there at Indy, obviously. He yeah. could have won that. But it just, I don't know, just went downhill. Not Something's going on there. And it's. And Kevin Lee said on one of the practice broadcasts, and he said, I asked Marcus Erickson, do you have an update on your contract? And Erickson said, no. There's no update. Everything's the same. And we've talked about this a lot now. It's just, he shouldn't be in this position, in my opinion. But it's something's going on there. It's bizarre. Yeah, it's Um, very, it's kind of like Alex Pelov last season, where obviously there's a huge dip in performance. But but now he comes back this year. And we see how well he's doing, right? It's like... And honestly, I think Polo has a deal ready to be signed when he can sign something. I think it's all... Like, I know we all think he's going to McLaren. I think he's going to F1. I think he has a handshake deal ready to be signed once he's legally allowed to. And that's why he's just on top of the world right now. Like, he's just... I he wonder. knows his future. I, I that's really a good think theory. that's what's going on. That's a good theory. So, not to like add a whole other thing, but I'm not that deep into the silly season discourse. Like, what is mm-hmm. the, like what ride is he going to in F1 allegedly? It's the... Sounds like AlphaTauri is who it would be, and that they might be replacing both Sonoda and who's the other one? There? Nick DeVries is currently yeah. in it, but they're looking to put Liam Lawson yeah. in it literally mid season, like this year. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But then Daniel Ricardo wants to come back to Daniel so Ricardo going back to Red Bull would literally piss me off. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> that's that's kind of what the rumor is. Yeah. Is that Polo is just kind of shopping around with all of these teams, and it's like McLaren's not going to kick out Piastri so, all the crap they went through last year. So I do not understand. I do not understand. If you are Alex Polo, what? Why? Like, I mean, I guess I get why it's F one, but like. How is that more fun? How is that more fun? Driving around an IndyCar. I, yeah. We talked about this I, with Herta. I get it. Yeah. For sure. And But the thing is, is he actually vocally wants it. Unlike Colton Herta. And I yeah. think he's more deserving than Colton Herta. Oh, like he, sure. has, well, he has the record. He has a super license point. I mean, look at. If he wants in, to do it, I well, think he can do it. He's, he's racing an IndyCar on easy mode, too. Like. Yeah. I, yeah. I think he could do something. Do that in forever. Yeah. I obviously I you need a good ride but to win, but I think he could take a car like AlphaTauri and actually get points with it. But where do you go from there? Because you're, I mean, is, is the game he, he does that <laughs> next year and he goes to be Verstappen's yeah. teammate in twenty twenty four five when Paris is going? That way, because you're never going to no, be wait, the wait, number wait, wait. one there. What if he's the one that's thrown Verstappen? There's no the, way. There's, there's no, no way. way. There's no way. There's not. Verstappen's the but, Red Bull baby. What if Verstappen's bored? We just talked about it. What if he says, I'm out, and they put Polo in? No, like, they're not. You know, he like, ain't going to do that. But, like, I want to see Polo come into F1, take the Alpha Tori to the points, and get some a good midfield spot, and then... Um, Christian Horner is like, screw Perez, get my, get myself some Polo, and then Polo beats Verstappen's ass. I want see, that to I happen just so don't bad. See this timeline. I do. I just, I don't either. I don't think Polo is someone who would do that either. Right. Like, I think he talent wise probably could. Yeah. But like personality wise, I don't see that at all. At Red Bull, or like, 
in F1 in general. Going up against Max Verstappen. Going up Max Verstappen. He can do it. Him. I just don't see... I don't. I think, I think he can do it. Zach, I think the thing with Pelot is a personality that would go head to head with Max Verstappen and challenge that. I don't even know what that means. Quote, I, got I get. I get what you're saying, but also I think the thing with him is that he knows he's good and he wants to see how far he can take it. I think yeah. it's that competitive yeah. nature in him. Okay. So that's. I, I guess yeah. He wants he to see how back. Yeah. Be like, okay, I'm a two-time IndyCar champion. I finished yeah. near the top of the Indy 500. Like it's if not he, worth sitting around here to try to win the 500. When I could go to F1 yeah. and maybe do something. Probably yeah, not, but I maybe guess, you have to try. Yeah. It's like playing the lottery. Eric, like, <laughs> I, I guess... I guess I, I, See, I'm, now I'm getting switched again. I, I just need to talk. I love manipulating see, here's the thing. I've Well, here's the thing. I stopped doing my... I graduated, so I'm done with my radio show. And now I'm not like talking things out as much. And so now yeah. I'm like... Yeah. Okay. yeah. Anyway. The I'm, Red Bull thing was literally so, just a fever dream. But like... Him and McLaren, I think mm-hmm. McLaren needs to get him. If they really want Alex Pelot, they need to get him in that second seat. Oscar Piastri, I don't know if he's really doing anything right now in that seat. I don't think he's but doing They much. went through so much trouble last year to get Piastri. Yeah. I mean, they went through <laughs> probably more trouble to get Pelot. I don't know, but I don't know. I don't know. It's a whole mess. Crazy. We don't need to stay on it. You know, I mess. think they should make a reality show about the team dynamics and contracts. You know, Pato and Polo don't seem to like each other either. So, oh, that much at least. Man, so, that'd be that'd... a good championship battle. Too bad Pato can't even like. Dude, he sucks. Yeah. I'm sorry, he sucks. He is. He don't suck. He's no. He. I've not seen him try to win a race in like since the 500. Where has he been? It's qualifying back man. there with Joseph. And but then you. But then that goes back to. Hello, why is he leaving Ganassi in the first place? Because it's like he is outpacing Scott Dixon and Will Power's record right now. The N- NBC showed a stat. He is outpacing Power and Dixon's career records right now. If he stays on this pace and stays. Yeah. Like, it's it's crazy. But should we get back to the race? Yeah, let's Cause... get back to the race. <laughs> um. So, yeah, Erickson did that. And then Kyle Kirkwood ends up going for a pass on Polo, man of the hour. I, I can't believe he spins. won. Kirkwood? Yeah. Really? He won a championship in like everything he did up until IndyCar. Like he was like the next they, people calling yeah. him the next Joseph Newgarden, everything. He, I don't know. Maybe hmm. I guess maybe he just isn't like he hasn't had enough like tough battles yet. Yeah. Right? He like, qualified. This is his... He was in the fast six, right, Kirkwood? think so i didn't get i didn't watch all of qualifying this week but um yeah kirkwood ended up finishing 17th he has a lot of moments where he starts up front promising weekend and i think just it's some, just rookie things wrong. i think it's just well i guess yeah. he's not a rookie I mean, anymore but it's just you know right? he's still See? new it's his second year so yeah but it's still just things and, that he'll have to work through but and he's one someone who does someone who does always have something go wrong is colton herda this time he sped in the pits. I guess his pit limiter didn't work. Oh, of course. Um, they showed an in-car camera. This week it was the he pit was, like, limiter. He was trying to flick it on. <laughs> he was trying to flick it on like three times and it just wouldn't go. Oh. And then he like nearly spun trying to enter the pits. Just always something. Finished 11th. Uh, Graham Rahal. Who saw that coming? Had a good race. Started second. Um, but he had a, he was slow on the last pit stop. He finished 7th. Czar, Graham Rahal, have a 
Where's he been all year? Like, he didn't even make the 500, technically. Yeah, that's crazy. So... <laughs> I, I don't know how they just show up to... Loki, it's a conspiracy theory, because that's his home track, right? <laughs> so, like, that's kind of weird. It wasn't yeah. just him. It was, but, um... Didn't Lungard... Lung- Lungard, oh, Lungard sorry. finished yeah. fourth, so... And he was also in the Fast Six in qualifying, but, so, like, he, they... Ray Hall had a great weekend. That's weird. It's their home yeah, track. It is weird. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Um, you mentioned, oh, what do you want to say, Jackson? Well, I'm just, I'm looking at the results here, and it's like, like, what, like, who is missing from the top, right? Because you go, I mean, you go Ganassi, Ganassi, Penske, Ray Hall, Penske, like, I guess it's the McLarens, because Pato in eighth, Rossi 10th, and then Rosenquist obviously did not have a good day. Yeah. So I guess it's just McLaren was not there. McLaren is so hit or miss. And again, I don't know why Polo would want to go there. I, I just don't get it. Unless he's going to F1, which, anyway. Don't want to get back into that. Um, Auto Award of McLaren. He started 25th. I didn't watch qualifying, so I don't know what happened there. Um, ended up finishing 8th. He was on an alternate strategy. He was yeah. kind of the most interesting part of this yeah. race. I mean, they probably had to do an alternate and, strategy because he was yeah, so far yeah. back, which is just crazy. Um, and it was then, very fast, the whole race. God, I don't even want to talk about Joseph. I'm just, like, so mad. <laughs> like I told you... I don't know about this year, because Pelot's a monster, but if Newgarden could figure out qualifying, he'd be a four-time champion right now. Yep. Yeah. Like, yeah. Blank. He'd Literally. be a four-time champion if he would be dirt qualifying. But how does he start 15th and then finish 12th? What What is that? Are, why? But, and then Otto could pass people all race long. I don't... That doesn't make weird. any sense. It's like he didn't have a car they that need could to, pass. They need know. to figure something out, or if it's a Joseph issue, he needs to figure it out. I I'm I'm just like over it. Like I just don't understand how you how that yeah. performance it, is it's happening. It's qualifying, man. It's qualifying. I guess the two cars problem. And it's always like, oh, I caught traffic, bitch. Just go somewhere else. I don't know what to tell you. You have a whole racetrack. What do you mean you caught traffic? Skill issue. They put <laughs> twelve car two five eight miles. Literally, I feel like that's um, always the excuse. Oh, we just caught traffic. That darn. Whatever car, dude, just go somewhere else. I remember one time, I think it was the Indy Road Course in 2021. He was so mad at James Hinchcliffe. Yeah. Because Hinchcliffe was in that slow 29 car that go, went like five miles an hour and he got behind him and qualifying. Then he qualified like 21st. Yeah. Good times, good times. Whatever. Can, um, his two teammates are finishing in the top five. That's why I'm really mad. That's just that, unacceptable. That, yeah. Right. But you know what? As a Joseph fan, he won the Indy 500. I was there. I'm happy. Well, I'm glad Hello you're happy. A billion... Hello can win by a billion points. I really don't care. Joseph won the Indy 500. I'm cool. Yeah. I'm chill. The Indy 500 should have been... get it together. The Indy 500 should have been worth a billion points, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> then Joseph points. would be 50 points back if it was double instead of 100 and whatever. Yeah. Um... Peterson, I want to talk about Benjamin Peterson. He was holding guys up this whole race. Um, he was making people mad. Uh, Scott McLaughlin yelled at him after the race. And all oh, of you I saw, saw that. It. I did see that. But, it was hot. Scott, quote, tweeted it after the race and said, I was telling him that NASCAR was starting. Tell him to check out his friend SVG. 
dude, my yeah. bestie is racing in NASCAR today. You need to watch him. <laughs> At this time, you better watch. Slaps the hell out of him. Like, <laughs> yep. oh, but Peterson, we've seen him do really good things in qualifying. Like he made what the fast six at Indy and just had solid qualifying runs. But he, I think he has talent, but he needs to start gaining respect with these guys. If he's going to run an IndyCar series, like he was blocking while he was a lap down. Yeah. He finished. I don't, I don't he only it. beat Marcus. Yeah. He finished last except for Marcus Erickson second to last. Like why, why yeah. is he doing all that? That's crazy. You know, I don't want to read too much into stuff, but his teammate is Santino Ferrucci. So oh, mm-hmm. maybe there's just a bad. No respect goes through that whole race team. <laughs> so I don't know if that's, you know, he's a rookie in here. He's still trying to learn stuff. And if his only reference point is Santino Ferrucci. Yeah. yeah. There's no hope. Yeah. There's no hope. Fair. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just, I'm just, I don't know how much. Yeah. To do that, I'm just, there. I think that if, you know, if he gets like a better ride or like, let's say they have a really good Indy 500 again next year, that team at Foyt, people aren't going to respect him. It, if he does these on his bad days. And I think that's important to point out. Uh, someone else who was very defensive in this race was Devlin DeFrancesco. At the end of this race, uh, he was holding up Joseph Newgarden and Alexander Rossi and Roman Grosjean. Uh, Newgarden made a crazy pass on him. It was I thought Joseph was going to wreck and finish like 24th or something instead. But uh, that was fun. Uh, man, Devlin is really aggressive. Like I, I think he's fighting for his ride right now because it that sounds like that 29 is opening up at the end of the year yeah it was crazy um hunter daly was back this weekend yeah Uh, he drove the 60 car um for simon paginode who was out after his crazy violent crash in practice he's okay but out with concussion what do we think of that oh fast crazy incident oh the daily or Things, well, do things. we know why Pagano, um did his, did his brakes fail? Do we know that? Yeah. Because he, I mean, yeah. he. Yeah. he the, I'm glad he's okay, because that, holy, holy crap, that was cr- insane. Terrifying. Like, an Indy car should not wreck like that at a road course, but it did. So, thank God he's okay. Love him. Um, I wish he was having a better season, obviously, you know, now yeah, he's me too. out of the car for... Hopefully not too long. Um, well, you know he's an Indy 500 champion. He's an IndyCar champion. Um, it's great mm-hmm. to have him in the sport. So get well soon, Simon. Um, Con- it's funny because I'm talking with Alex Saturday night. I'm like, who's gonna replace Pagano if he can't race tomorrow? Like, who's even there? Because they're probably gonna get somebody that's there. And I'm like, Connor yeah, Daly's probably there. Thought of it. Yeah, I hadn't even thought of it at that point. And I was like, that's a great question. And then you brought up Connor Daly, and I'm like, you know what? He's at the track, I yeah. think. Because I asked you he if he was at the track or in something. The car, it made sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's no one else. What that were you going to say about it, Jackson? Oh, just he finished ahead of his teammate for the weekend, Elder Castro Nevis, and right behind the mm-hmm. car he was kicked out of. Sandwiched right between mm-hmm. them. Just what What an interesting, yeah. interesting little spot. That is an interesting and little I spot. And I bet he was really trying to, I bet he was really trying to get around Hunter Ray. Like, yeah. I bet he was really pushing late to get around him, but couldn't do it. And I think that 60 car is probably worse than the 20. So for him to do oh, that, yeah. I think, is good. So, now, yeah. yeah. Do we... Do we... What do we, what's, what, what do we do with Connor Daly? What's the... So, 
I don't know if you listened to last week's episode, but I suggested with Ganassi's weird thing and mm-hmm. Dixon possibly retiring whenever he wants to. I was like, Ganassi could hire daily just to have like a Is... veteran. Yeah. But eh, I pointed Zach out Zach kind of talked me out of it. Yeah. Zach, Zach talked me out of it because Erickson and Palo are running so good and very early. You don't in need a. Careers. You don't really need a so, driver that's like gonna like. You don't need a driver that. to build that team up. The team's already I built think, up. You know. I think. I don't know if this is just some recency bias, but I feel like Connor Daly is a not not a seat filler, but he's a like bring the car home kind of guy. Like he can't yeah. go to a small team because he can't be the leader on the small team, but he can't be the like young guy on the small team. He has to go to like a a four car team and be like the second or third. Guy. Like an Andretti. Which is like that's yeah. right, and that's not like an insult to him because like it's the same way that like I appreciate Eric Almirola, right? Like someone has to yeah. be that guy. He's the support player, and there's right, and there's, there's he's literally the support player. Team. He's bringing in the money, he's bringing the car right. home, he's working together with him at Talladega. He's the and support he's player. Data. Yeah. Wait a minute. I like that. I like that. I don't know. I kind of like oh, that. Is there? Yeah. 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 I don't know. No. Do you look at the Andretti twenty nine. Is that in the cards at all? I was just gonna Not say a bad idea. the Andretti twenty nine would probably fit him well but like if Erickson leaves I feel like that's where Erickson would go unless he goes to McLaren yeah. which I don't know if that still the season's weird everyone's going to McLaren just everyone's going to McLaren that the 29 is a pay bar now because Di Francesca brings money to it so I mean Daly could bring money to it but his sponsor is that Ed Carpenter on all their cars <laughs> so I, I don't know Honestly, I think you're going to see Connor Daly do more truck starts for Nice, yeah. is what you're going to see. Um, I don't know if he's interested in TV, but he did solid with SRX. I he races he did, I thought. Yeah. Um, he could fill a better version of what Clint Boyer does. But it's just like, I don't want him in the booth. I think he could be like a Rutledge Wood for the IndyCar stuff if he wanted to. But I don't know. I wouldn't mind him in a booth. Interesting. I'm. I think whatever Connor Connor Daly could do so much. I feel like because like that's something we should compliment. Like I feel like he does have a lot of talent, even if it's not just pure like IndyCar championship winning talent, right? But you know, he brought that sixty car home yesterday when they needed it brought home, right? Like you have to come Mm -hmm. in. So exactly and. And the thing is, too, I have so much respect for Connor Daly because he is one of the most outspoken people about how much he wants IndyCar to grow. When their social media was at their worst, IndyCars, Connor Daly was like at the forefront of that, being like, they need to improve. We need to do this to market our sport better. And, you know, I think he's a big part of why changes have been made. And he has his own podcast. He does a lot of preaching on there about it. Like, he's a great asset for IndyCar. I just like you said, Jackson. I don't know where he fits in as like a driver, but he can. He's a great like. Like, would they fill him? Like, sign him as like a backup driver if someone gets sick or injured, like with Pagano. Like, I don't know. I don't know. It's an unfortunate situation for him. Um, any other comments about IndyCar at Mid Ohio before um, we move on? No, I mean the race was the race was a uh, mid. <laughs> so yeah. mid Ohio was- even so like it just yeah but that was like the first race all year for IndyCar where I just wasn't well Indy road course a little bit too that I just really wasn't that impressed 
To be fair, though, I also was half watching it because I had stuff going on in my house. So, um, right. I mean, yeah, it it was fine. I mean, it was unfortunately it, it, it low key got kind of overshadowed by NASCAR at Chicago because I think everyone was just talking about yeah. that this weekend, which obviously I get it. But when they were at Detroit, I feel like that was the highlight of the weekend. That weekend. You know, so IndyCar, they're going to Toronto. That's their next race, July 16th, which so they're taking an off week and then they'll be at Toronto. Um, their only race across the border and it will only be on Peacock. Um, hopefully the commercials are OK. <laughs> two years in two years in a row. Yeah, we won't get side by side unless they fix that magically. No. Yeah, we'll see. And then after that's Iowa. So I think like we talked about a bit ago, if you don't want Alex Plo to win this championship, these other guys are going to have to really kick it into gear these next three races. Yeah. So. so. Shall we move on to fantasy? I guess so. Yeah. And are we going to let Jackson pick Atlanta. first? Yeah. Do you want yeah. me to block a driver for you? Sure. I mean, it's all about blocking going to Atlanta. So sure. Why not? Yeah. I don't know if this is necessarily who you were going to pick. But I would pick, so I'm not picking it with the intent of blocking. But my the Austin Sindrick. Wow. Um, The reason for this, uh, in the spring, he finished 11th. Last year in the fall race, he finished third. I think, even though, you know, it's hard to do, I think Blaney and Logano can recognize that Sindrick is not in the playoffs, even if he doesn't win. I think he's going to be in the front. I think this is kind of like, this could be a day for him. So right. I think centric. Yeah, that's a good pick. Solid. Yeah, I mean he's. I think he's due. You know, obviously as that five hundred. I, I mean, I really want to see more Atlanta races because they are so similar to Daytona and Talladega, and yet they aren't. You know, it is yeah. interesting. It's very interesting. It, I'm curious. I, yeah, I'm curious how it's going to work at night. I wonder what changes changes how this track works. I think, does it open up a lane? It probably won't open up a lane, though, because that's just how the next-gen car is with the arrow. Like, they've been struggling to get three lanes going, so I I don't see that changing. But, Alex, I'm ready to make my first pick. I don't actually have one for if we tie on this one. So hopefully you don't pick yeah, the same I already, person. I already got mine typed out. Um, and we're, I already got mine we're doing typed it. Out. I'm ready. We are doing it in like this chat, right? With Jackson, right? Okay, yep. cool. I'm just making sure we're in the same one. Okay, yep. you ready? All right. Yep. Three, two, one. Okay. okay. So I picked Kyle Busch, and Alex has picked Brad Kislowski. Um, Brad's always a good pick. Obviously, we've been picking him. I think for the last two years, trying to get. We're tr- as Brad. Kis- Listen, as Brad Kislowski is trying to get a win, so are we. We're trying to just <laughs> grab our Brad Kislowski. Actually, I already have a Brad Kislowski restrictor plate win. I, I grabbed that. Two. I grabbed that in the twenty twenty one. Two when you did that. But yeah, but we're trying to grab the yeah. unexpected. You know, this number six car getting a win. I pick Kyle Busch. Because he's just been really good at these tracks this year. Won Talladega. Should have won the Daytona 500. Atlanta, he finished 10th. Um, but I just... And to seeing what he did yesterday, bringing that car home to like a good finish after not really having been set up for a good day, I just... I like yeah. Kyle Busch right now. And what could be a really chaotic race, um, 
you know, Nashville and Chicago surprisingly weren't that chaotic. I think that chaos is going to come back and hit us in the back of the head here at Atlanta. I think yeah. Kyle Busch can survive and get bring the car home. Kozlowski, I don't know. But yeah. Kozlowski, I See, think... Yeah, go ahead, Alex. Kozlowski almost won the other Atlanta race earlier this year. And, man, it's going to happen at some point. It's going to happen. And I'm going to keep picking him at these super speedways until it does. Because he's going to get one. Like, it, it's just inevitable, truly. I guess. He's just that good on these tracks. And the, and the Roush cars, the RFK cars, are just so good on the super speedways. I mean, yeah. like you, you mentioned, Kyle Busch probably should have won the 2500. You can make the same argument for Brad Keselowski. So there at the end of that race. Yeah, if, if I had to pick one between those two, I think I'm picking brad i think uh you know we had the discussion about like you know surprise winner i think brad would be the one that could slip through and be the you know surprise winner but he's technically already in the playoffs and would it be that much of a surprise no yeah right which uh something we didn't talk about but i did want to shout out is how even rfk cars have been like in performance like they both have a top fives buster has into this week, Busher had seven top tens. Brad had six. Yeah, they're only separated by thirteen points. You can see that too. Pretty neat. They will both yeah. run in the top ten, like so they, both of them. It's pretty interesting to see that, especially considering that Brad isn't owned. Like it's it's just I, I yeah. appreciate that. Brad's playing F one my team right now, dude. <laughs> <laughs> seventeen was. Fairly good last year. I think they would have made the playoffs. I'm not sure without all the crazy winners last year. Um, 17 was solid, but the six was just off. And now this year they are running even. Mm-hmm. It's good to see. I I really do want the best for Brad. Like I did not like him at Pinsky. I'm a Pinsky boy. I did not yeah, care he, for him. It ran, it but ran his course. I, I do. Yeah, I I really have so much respect for Brad Kozlowski, and I, I hope this keeps working out. Like. It, keep improving i really want to see that six car win the championship like this year next year i think that would be really cool for the sport and i don't know if we said how much you know cool for the sport is you know the 91 winning at chicago but like it'd be really cool for the sport to see kozlowski have that kind of success but um especially because mark martin never did it yeah man that'd be so cool yeah that'd be really cool really cool but um yeah I mean, so that's it for our fantasy picks. And Jackson, finally, we are going to ask you the the guest question that we ask all guests on the Gay Racing Podcast. I know you've been on this podcast before. Yeah, this is like... Like seven, eight times now. Yeah. But we're... I mean, you're basically a member. You're basically... Yes. I'm a friend of the show. You are are a regular. (laughs) You are a regular. Um, So, what... So... What's the guest question? If you could take a lap in any car, racing or road car, whatever, on any track, what would it be? I have a feeling on what your answer is going to be. Because oh, I have no idea. I go ahead, Jackson. Well, so my first here's where, here's where I went with this. As I went, okay, if I, I'm not currently subscribed to iRacing, but when I when I had iRacing. What is like? What was my go-to, right? If I wanted to just like get a few laps in, if I wanted to like, you know, whatever. What what was the combo I was doing? And that was running IndyCar at the Roval. Ooh, God, I want IndyCar at the Roval so bad. That is fun because that's fun. 
Yeah. IndyCar at the Roval. Nice. I would love to see that like actually happen in real yeah. life. Like I, I know I Joseph don't... did those practice laps, but yeah. that'd be so cool. And yeah, I don't know how practical it is, race, whatever, but it is just but the Roval when you have a car that like has some downs on it, it's kind of fun to yeah. you know, drive around there and you get up on the banking and you get up to speed, so um, yeah, IndyCar at the Roval. I have a question, because you always bring up another kind of Roval. Are we talking <laughs> about the Charlotte Roval, or are we talking uh, about the Kansas Roval? <laughs> I'm talking about the Charlotte Roval, yeah. And, okay. Yeah, the I, Texas I Roval? <laughs> See, I was able to drop the Kansas Roval jokes when the street course became uh, real. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, hopefully yeah. only one of those things be- stays real. <laughs> I'm surprised. I... F- I feel like you you were gonna say some, the Chicago street course because yeah, but if I'm gonna take any car anywhere, I'm not gonna you know go down the street. Do I guess so. You're right. Degree left hand. I just thought it would be really cool, or like I figured yeah. oh, you I would mean, like, you would think it'd be guess, really cool since it's like you live yeah, there. I but mean, I guess it would. Yeah, you know. it would be fun. But in terms of like you know putting this a is car your chance. A track, yeah, yeah. That's a good answer. I like that. So yeah, yeah. So. Yeah, I guess it's not as creative as some of these answers on the sheet, but that's what I do. So, no, it's good. I like it. Mm-hmm. That's the episode. You have there reached your rate limit. Goodbye. No. <laughs> um. Listen. <laughs> so, Twitter is crazy. I think we can all agree. Um, I'm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I uh, mean, we've. Been- We've been on there a while. Yeah. You guys have been listen, on there. I love Twitter. I don't know if I could survive without Twitter. I found that out this weekend. Um, <laughs> For real. Like. Oh, imagine. I was, of all the weekends for this to happen, me trying to figure out what in the world is going on. Yeah. Fun. Not fun. Like, and yeah, it's just like, weird. When. You go ahead, Alex. When one of you two asked me a question, like, you know, like, like, Zach, you were asking me, like, oh, what is the odds of this happening? I would go to Twitter. Or Jackson, you're like, can you tell me, like, when, like, who were the DNQs at? Yeah, yeah. Because I, I couldn't check. I needed to know what the broadcast I, was saying. I would go to Bob's Twitter. Yes. And Twitter was like, you are rate limited. And it's just like, really? I just want to know what the DNQs are. So I ended up having to go to J-Ski is how I found it. After. <laughs> like it's like it's 2008. Like what what yeah, are we like doing? We, I'm sitting in the and, computer lab. <laughs> the computer. I had to and log on to my computer. Like what are you talking yeah. about? And Zach, you asked. And Zach, you asked me something. I forget exactly what it was, but I went to Instagram to fact check it. I can't go to Twitter. <laughs> I was so mad. And I was just like, I can't follow the race. So. And I watched a uh, NASCAR practice at Chicago over IndyCar qualifying. I was I was playing Zelda while I was watching that, so I didn't have two screens. I didn't have a clue what happened in IndyCar qualifying. I turned it on, and they were already doing Fast 6. I was like, oh, Graham Rahal's here? What? Like, I missed a whole storyline. How that happened. I, I lost. So, yeah. Twitter is so essential. And-, and I'm hoping, like, something happens, like a new... Thing someone makes a new thing. Apparently, Meta's making a new one. I don't know. Yeah, but apparently, there's... like you yeah, go ahead, Jackson. Exactly. Uh, I'll go for that. Like go I was because apparently this is happening. At first, we thought it was just Elon trying to get people to buy Twitter Blue. Apparently, their Google Cloud 
subscription like or contract ran out so they had to like change some of the coding and i'm explaining this in very loose terms cuz i don't know i'm gay um but like apparently it was kind of just the site what's called ddosing itself which is just like it was trying to fetch way too much data at once when trying to like log on to it so the the rate limiting was kind of a way to like ease that and i mean even throughout saturday he opened the rate elon he tweeted that he was opening the rate limit back up to be bigger but it's still a thing i'm pretty sure and i i don't know if he's it is. if we've have any more updates on like when it's going to go back to normal because if it doesn't go back to normal this is stupid this isn't like what kind of social media is it where you don't let your users see stuff and now i mean think about all the engagement people are losing that kind of rely on this for their job like any kind of marketing or so or any any kind of marketing like it's just plain and simple right i mean it's what we do even for our do. podcast a of our, most of our followers are on twitter we're gonna post this podcast now at you know later in the night and you know people are probably run out late of their rate limit thing so it's just like it's really stupid. Yeah. So if you yeah. want to make sure that you can, you know, keep up with our new episodes, obviously following us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts is one way to do it. We do have an Instagram. We, um, yeah, we have an Instagram, right, Alex? And then yeah, we 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 made the Instagram when Twitter first started doing weird stuff, just to, like have a place for you all to find out. But now Twitter's getting worse. So we're thinking of ideas. Um, like I brought up to Zach, we're like, what if we made like a Discord server? Um, just, I, I don't know. Because we'll there something is out no replacement for there is no replacement for Twitter, and I don't think there will be one. No. That's the thing. You can't replace it. It's a social media platform. Like it's not like how do you replace it? I don't. I don't understand how you would because it's just such a giant and. Yeah. Just why I don't know. They need to get they need to get it figured out. Please, like it's yeah. it's yeah. I whatever. Yeah, like for me personally, I'm at Newgaden on everything that I use, so you can find me there. But I know Zach, you have different users. Yeah, I don't know. Y'all find me. But, Y'all uh, find me if you need to. Just keep listening to the Gay Racing Podcast, and I'll but, tell you where I am. But yeah, at Gay Racing Pod is also the same on um, everything. I've made some accounts in different places, but like only Twitter and Instagram are active yeah. at the moment. But yep, yeah. All right. Well, Jackson, thank you so much for um, hopping on. People can find you at let me. I shouldn't. It's underscore J Todd fourteen underscore. There you go. Yo, I you got it. it! I guess, so you can catch Jackson yeah. there on Twitter, I guess, if you well, can. See, right, if you can. I mean, I've been trying to, it's honestly kind of like a thing I've been trying to do just like personally over the last like year or so. It's just like, I think realizing like how much checking Twitter impacts your race experience, like in a positive or mm-hmm. negative way. And like, it really has, I don't know if I talked about it on necessarily, but like, it really has changed, like, it changes the way you watch the race, for better and worse. Like, I found myself, Alex, I know we talked about this, but, like, like being at a race, like, and thinking about, like, oh, how's Twitter going to react to this? Yes, like, I love that. Know, that. That should that should not be a thought that enters my mind. I should be able to just watch the race. And, like, I had one of those at a Kansas race, and I was like, 
I don't need to be on Twitter as much as I am. And I've been kind of phasing out of it. I'm still there, but like, anyway, yeah. it's just, I, yeah, I, just I get what you're saying. And so it's like, like this weekend, I wasn't worried about, well, there wasn't any reaction for Twitter to have anyway, because it was barely there. Yeah, yeah. And so right. I just think it's important to remember sometimes that like, you know, I don't know. I just spent a week in Montana with like a bunch of trees. So I'm all like, oh, that's really off cute. The grid and like, you're all whatever, zened out. You're, yeah, you're good. Well, that's yeah. some really wholesome words. Just, yeah. It's just important to remember that, like, you know, you can enjoy the race. You don't have to worry about like what yeah. the feed says. You can, you can enjoy stuff. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even check Twitter sometimes, anyways. Honestly, <laughs> like, I haven't been on it that much today. So I'm like, I'm fine. <laughs> Yeah, I haven't either. It's a blessing in disguise, Loki, though. And uh, yeah, whatever. Um, but yeah, so thank you guys. Thank you guys for sticking around for this extra long episode. Um, but you know, we we were talking about it a few months ago, right? We're gonna have Jackson on after the Chicago, um, the Chicago race. It was a big deal. It was great. It was awesome. So thank you, Jackson, for coming on. We will see you guys next week to talk about Atlanta. Stay safe. Good luck with Twitter, and we'll see you guys next time. <laughs> Bye-bye.